Welcome back, everyone. It is episode 89 of Thirst and Goal, and welcome back, football as well, Ben. Finally! Week one, we had the first game. Yeah, we did, and a good, well, it, it well, was a terrible it, game. It started out, it seemed like it was me a close game, but welcome back, football. We're excited that football is back. Me and Ben are here. I'm Franny, Ben across the table from me, and uh, Ben, it has been a smoky, warm week yeah it's a little balmy out here I la mean, the, the smoke in the cloud cover is holding in the humidity but also the smoke is uh you know making it a little bit difficult yeah i mean just looking to go at outside the sun. i mean uh, today at the six sun o'clock, is red at about five five thirty or so I, I i just went outside looked outside and you could look directly at the sun yep. it was just a red circle in the sky yeah was, i mean it was a little it was, creepy it was it was, it was it was it's been a little eerie here yeah, for sure on the west coast i mean not only here in la but san francisco seattle i'm sure portland <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I haven't seen too much video from portland but i'm guessing it's probably the same but it has been an eerie week here but we always record this podcast outside where football should be played and podcasts should be recorded, and we should add smoke yeah, exactly. to one of the descriptions of the weather. Rain, sleet, snow, even though it never snows, high heat, we're out here all the time, and now it's the smoke. Yes, exactly. Friday, how was your week this week? It was a good week, Ben. You know, four days this week. Monday was a holiday. It was Labor Day weekend, and uh, so it was a short week, and uh, it was it was a good one. It was good. What about you, Ben? Yeah, it was a pretty good week. I'm, I'm not going to complain too much uh, about this week. I mean, the weather... You know, albeit we couldn't breathe very well. Unhealthy. Uh, it was unhealthy, but it wasn't crazy hot. I mean, if it was 115 degrees like it was the weekend before that or the week before that, it would have been even worse. Uh, but what are you drinking over there? Uh, you know what, tonight, Ben, I'm continuing to drink the Braddock Oak Rye with a little bit of Coke, a little bit of tonic, and just a little bit of water. I'm just adding to this thing, uh, but it actually tastes, it tastes good. Yeah, that's a pretty good rye, actually. It, it is actually a good rye. It's a good rye alone by itself on the rocks um but we have some other good rise in the house that i didn't want to you know mix with anything else so this is a good option for mixing absolutely what about you ben i am continuing to drink as well the citadel gin de france Uh a melange of botanicals and juniper it's a really really nice gin for the price it's somewhere around 25 dollars. you always change your accent Uh, when you're talking about this one (laughs) exactly now i have a different accent altogether Uh, but (laughs) it's from the southern region of france it's about 88 proof uh not a sponsor neither braddock nor citadel is a sponsor of the show they should be but we we you know we want to let you know what we are drinking over here because this is a show about football fun friends whiskey and beer reviews we give you the nfl news all the nfl news that's fit to talk about we go through the games and we also do a bourbon scotch rye or a cognac review cognac. on every show but typically it's a bourbon or a scotch or a rye and we do a different beer review from all over the world every single week uh Franny, what are we going to talk about this week 
Uh, tonight, Ben, on the big board, we have our NFL news as usual. We have a shout-out to our new and loyal listeners. We have our NFL Week 1 preview and our picks. Finally! I am so excited. Finally. And we also have our tag team news, Thurston Goal News, Ben's Steelers, my Eagles, Sonya's Seahawks. She'll be on the show eventually, we promise. And, uh, right we also around have, the playoffs. Exactly. <laughs> We also have our shot of the week, which is inspired by week one of the football season. Ooh, and what's it's it called? called? Uh, football is a lifesaver oh, shot. You could say that. Ben, again. it is. It feels good. Uh, it was nice to get back to some normalcy this week, just seeing that game on TV. It was so exciting. And we also have our beverage of the week. This week we have a bourbon. It is the Four Roses. Uh, small. Where did, what happened? Oh, the bottle? small batch. I'm not even sure. I, where did I, I left the bottle somewhere inside, but it, it's a small batch. But it is a low-priced bourbon, but it has high ratings. It's a classic. Uh, we also have our beer of the week, which is also a domestic beer. And uh, Ben, I'm sure you have that one. Is it Dust Bowl? Yeah, Dust it's Bowl the Brewing Dust Company. Dust Bowl, one of their IPAs from beautiful Turlock. California also, up on the Central Coast. Very highly rated, and I hope I find the crispiness that I'm looking for, that I have been searching for for the past few weeks. Ben made fun of me uh, before the podcast about that. It seems like I'm always on the search for crisp crispiness. You know what I have to say beer. to that? A little bit <laughs> more crispness. Oh, man. Uh, that That's actually pretty good. A little soundbite from the past few weeks that could have been from episode 85 86 i'm always looking for that crispness but this beer has a very high rating uh so i'm very excited to try that and we also have our thirst and goal betting corner ben's betting corner is making did we do we have a song for that ben i mean do you have your lead-in song did we have a lead-in song for that uh, i don't remember yeah we do somewhere i, I think I'll it's somewhere it. i think it's somewhere it. yeah, i'll find i it. know we have my drinking song i think we had that song as well your your betting song but ben loves the betting corner and so we have the betting corner uh and we also have our housekeeping to finish up the night absolutely friday what's first up on the big board first up on the big board ben is our nfl news oh finally can you believe it we are here in beautiful september finally some nfl Ooh. all right first up that's not copyrighted well they'll ne- <laughs> they're happy to have anybody watching this year uh, so first up, Howie, Terry. <laughs> this is like my favorite NFL music that they have on any of the networks. Now this is this is yeah. great. This is good stuff. Uh, but first up, we have finally from off the proverbial scrap heap, Jadavion Clowney finally signs a contract. Uh, this was a little bit sketchy this week. The league had to get involved. Uh, the New Orleans Saints certainly didn't give up on free agent defensive end Jadavion Clowney without a fight before he ultimately chose the Tennessee Titans. This past Saturday, uh, the Titans were gi- are giving Clowney a one-year deal worth up to $15 million, $12 million plus another $3 million in incentives well below his initial 20 then 19 then 18 <laughs> then $17 million asking yeah, a, little, a little desperate. Price. A little yeah. desperate there. Uh, he earned $8 million on a one-year deal with the Seahawks last season after he was traded from Houston to, Sept- to Seattle that past September. Uh, a source confirmed that the Saints explored the idea of a unique sign-and-trade deal with an unspecified team to help them fit Clowney's salary under the cap. 
uh, as first reported by the NFL Network. Uh, however, the NFL said such a deal would not be allowed. The idea was for another team to sign Clowney and pay his signing bonus, then immediately trade Clowney and his remaining salary to the Saints in exchange for a draft pick. Uh, the other team essentially would have been buying a draft pick, which the NFL has never allowed. You have to, you know, you got to go in Major League Baseball for that to be permitted. Uh, NFL Network reported that the Saints were prepared to send a second round pick and a player to this unspecified team. However, a source said it never got to the point of a finalized offer since they reached out to the league for permission. First, that's a new one for Sean Payton asking permission. Uh, regardless, it is the latest example of the Saints' aggressiveness and creativity when it comes to managing the salary cap under general manager Mickey Loomis, vice president of football administration Kali, Kai Harley and coach Sean Payton. Mm-hmm. Uh, finally, what say you about Jadavion Clowney, $12 million to play for Mike Vrabel and the Titans. I think it's a good deal. It's a good deal for Tennessee. Like you said, he was asking for so much money, too much money early on. Right after the season ended, he wanted $20 million. Then, like you said, 18, 17, 16, 15. Now it's, uh, you know, $15 million. I think it's a good signing for them. The AFC is open for the taking. Uh, you know, New England doesn't exist anymore. Well, I wouldn't well, know. They're, they're still Bill there. Belichick exists. They're still there. He's still there. He does exist. But I mean, you know, it, it's it's wide open for anybody right now. I mean, you got Baltimore over there. You got Kansas City, obviously. I mean, the Steelers. We'll see what happens with the Thanks Steelers. Thanks for throwing them in there third. Well, well <laughs> I mean, they weren't that great last year. We're, we're still expecting, you know, Ben Roethlisberger to come back strong. He had those previous 5,000-yard seasons before last season. And so if he can stay healthy, they could be a scary team, Ben. Uh, but, you know, there's not too many teams in the AFC that could take the crown. And and they were in the AFC championship game last year. They were really close, uh, you know, to going to the Super Bowl. So maybe this can take them over the top. I don't know. I doubt it. But it's a good move for them to make to bolster their defense. What do you think, Ben? Yeah, I agree. And, and Clowney is making... You know, making lemonade out of lemons here by saying that the, you know, he's excited to play for Mike Rabel. He thinks that this is a great fit for him and he's happy as pie to have this contract and this contract offer. I'm not buying it. I think he wanted more money. Uh, certainly even Houston could have, could have <laughs> afforded him uh, at this price. Uh, or but DeAndre. I, yeah. I think that he didn't have a lot of takers. I mean, I know the Browns had an offer and other teams had offers around the $15 million range. So I will give him credit for not taking you know, marginally more money to go play with uh, a band of misfits. So at least he's on a solid team with a yeah. solid coaching staff with a solid quarterback. Uh, so we'll see what happens. But I, I, the jury's out as far as I'm concerned on Tennessee. It, it'll be difficult for them to repeat what they did last year. But, you know, we shall see. But, you know, it's funny to see Clowney finally get a contract literally the week before yeah. the season starts. And, and he had to get it done in order to play week one, right? I mean, yep. if, if he waited even this week, he wouldn't be able to play week one. I don't know about week two, but, you know, he wouldn't be able to uh, to suit up and play for Tennessee. But I think I think it's a great move for them. For yeah, sure. for sure. And it also, you know, throws a little shade on this notion that you need to get a contract in place three months before the season starts because their playbooks are just so complicated that no one can conceivably figure out a football playbook uh. unless they've got two or three months uh, advanced you know, study time. Uh, Clowney will play in week one. And if he you're the will quarterback, well. maybe. If you're a defensive end, yeah. no, he'll play so all right. Much. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I think he'll fit right in. No I think the, 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 the complexity of these schemes, I think, is a little bit overstated. I think Clowney will come in and he'll, he'll, you know, he'll disrupt the, the offense. He'll disrupt the, or the passing game. And, you know, I think he'll play well. 
we'll see whether or not it pushes them over the edge. Uh, but we, you uh, know, first as a Steeler, this be kind of tough. As a Steeler fan, I'm not happy to see any team in the AFC get better. Uh, so I'm disappointed that he ended up going to play for an ASFT, AFC team, especially a team that the Steelers could end up playing in the playoffs if we're lucky enough to make it. But, you know, good for Clowney, other than that dirty play against uh, the Eagles yeah. and another dirty play against the Eagles, I think, against us <laughs> uh, the year before yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. When, when he went straight for uh, for Nick Foles, yeah. helmet, helmet down into the clavicle. Yeah, that was a dirty play. But he's, you know, he's an exciting player to watch when he's when he's on. So, you know, good for Mike Rabel and the Tennessee Titans. Franny, anything else to add? Can we move on? Yes, we can move on, Ben. Thank you for asking. <laughs> Next up, DeAndre Hopkins acting as his own agent this week. Hopkins is in a new home and he's getting the pay increase he so desperately sought with his former team. NFL's Nick Shook reported. Uh, the Cardinals have agreed to terms with Hopkins on a two-year extension worth $54.5 million in new money. NFL insider Ian Rappaport reported the new deal amounts to $27.25 million per year for Hopkins in 2023 and 2024 and includes $42.75 million guaranteed at signing. Uh, Arizona acquired Hopkins in a trade which that was influenced by his desire for a deal worthy of his play at 16.5 million per year. Hopkins Hopkins is the ninth highest paid receiver across the league, yet he's one of only two receivers in the league to be named as a first team all pro in each of the last three seasons. The other Falcons receiver Julio Jones makes the most money on average 22 million per year at the position in the NFL. Friday would say you about Hopkins not renegotiating his current contract, which has three years left on it, but tacking on those two huge years at mm-hmm. the end, acting as his own agent. Do you think he did a good job or oh, could have done better? Um, you know, I mean, he's already at that point, he'll be up there in age. He's uh, already you know, up there in age. He's, he's been is. in the league for eight years. Uh, he is, but I mean, he is a baller. I mean, he's definitely, you know, top one, two or three receivers in the league. Um, you know, it's, 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 it's a great move for him. It's a great move for the Cardinals, especially with a, with a young quarterback with Kyler Murray back there, you know, to bolster that wide receiving core, especially with him. I mean, you know, Julio Jones obviously deserves a ton of money as well. Um, you know, there, there's, there's, I mean, it's, it's him and Julio. I mean, those, those two guys are, 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 are probably, you know, tops. In the well, Michael Thomas also is up there too. Um, but I, I think it's a great move uh, for Hopkins. You know, once his uh, once his uh, current contract plays out, he's got some extra money coming his way, so he's comfortable for the next five years, and that sets up the Cardinals. It puts him in a good position uh, oh. position right now in the NFC West, and that NFC West will be scary moving forward. So for sure, and, and it's a nice way to finish up your career. Odds are, unless he unless there's something in the water. That's imported into Phoenix, Arizona, uh, and Larry Fitzgerald. Uh, somehow he's able to drink the same water that Larry Fitzgerald is drinking. This will probably take him right about to the tail end of his career. I think he'll be about 36 years old at this point. Uh, that's about 80% guaranteed on this last contract. So going into those last two years, he will have a nice, essentially a nice pension plan there in his last two years with $42 million guaranteed mm-hmm. in uh, the last two years of that contract. But it kind of makes you wonder, what was Houston thinking? Like, why? I don't well, know why get rid of this guy. And I, I mean, you know, I mean, like, I, I don't, I don't know if Kamara is on the agenda because that was breaking news today, where Kamara signed that five-year, seventy-five million dollar contract with the Saints, and the Saints are having cap issues as well. But even if you never having, know if, it. If, if you're having cap issues, you got to somehow keep 
DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, the guy's amazing. Yeah, I mean, I don't quite understand it. Uh, watching that, uh, watching that Chiefs game, and considering that Houston did have some cap trouble last year and is you know not tight up against the cap, but is close to being tight up against the cap this year. Looking at that roster. And then looking across the field at what the you know the Chiefs and the players that they have on that field, it, it makes you wonder where Houston is spending all of this money that they cannot keep DeAndre Hopkins, that they could, had to trade away Jadavion Clowney when they really don't have a lot of beef on that roster. Mm-hmm. You know, it's essentially Deshaun Watson and Brandon Cooks, Will Fuller, oh, no. Laramie Tunsil. Uh, which was a terrible, the ter- I mean, that was just a terrible trade, if you ask me, considering the holding penalties that this guy accumulates. But, you know, I, I, it makes you wonder why they don't have more room under the cap. They should be able to have Jadavion Clowney and DeAndre Hopkins on this roster they today. Should. They should. I, I mean, mean I, I said Kyler Murray's a young quarterback, but Deshaun Watson is not much older. And to have a young quarterback with a new huge contract, it'd be nice to have DeAndre Hopkins there for at least, you know, four or five more years. Yeah, yeah, and it's not a, that's, even that's, going to be that good, expensive. Yeah, that's an excellent duo to have if you're any team. Yeah, I, I, I just don't understand. I can't understand it. I'll never understand Bill O'Brien. We'll talk about that a little bit more that uh, when we get to yeah that when we talk about the games. When we talk about the games, uh, but you want to talk a little bit about Kamara since you mentioned that today. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, Alvin Kamara, big extension after a little bit of drama. Earlier this year, was he holding out? Was he not holding out? There was a little bit of drama there. Uh, but the Saints finally get a contract done with running back Alvin Kamara. They agreed to a five-year extension the team announced today. The extension is for $75 million in new money, bringing the total value of Kamara's contract to $77.133 million, out to the third decimal point there. Uh, it includes $34.333 million yeah. guaranteed, sources told ESPN's Adam Schefter. The average annual value of the extension, $15 million, matches what Ezekiel Elliott signed for with the Dallas Cowboys in 2019 and trails only Christian Superman McCaffrey's $16 million per year with the Carolina Panthers. Franny, what say you about Kamara's new contract? Looks like he might have been holding out to some degree. A little bit. A little bit. It seemed like he was holding a out a little bit. bit. A little bit. Uh, just a little bit. Just a little bit. But, uh, yeah, he, I mean, he puts him right up there with, like you said, Christian McCaffrey, Ezekiel Elliott, <laughs> Le'Veon Bell with $13 million a year, David Johnson with $13 million a year, and he's definitely better than Yeah, but you can't David keep DeAndre Hopkins than, at $19 million a year. Why yeah. Why would you want to do that when you could have David Johnson for $13 million a year? Exactly. Um, but, Bill O'Brien is a genius. <laughs> Bill Nye has nothing on him. The ownership tends to think so. Uh, but I mean, you know, I, I I would slot him in there right under McCaffrey. I, you know, him and McCaffrey are both versatile players. They, I mean, they could do they could do everything on the field. You know, they're, they're excellent running backs. They could line up at the, in the slot. I mean, they could catch out of the backfield. They can do everything. But the Saints, you know, last year obviously he had some injury issues, but they definitely have to utilize this guy. I mean, he was under a 2.2 this year. He'd make $2.2 million this year, still on his rookie contract. Um, but I, you just have to use the guy. I remember, uh, what was it, a couple weeks ago we were looking at, um, you know, the running back stats, and he was down there yeah. as, as far as utilization, as, as, as far as rushings, rushing attempts. Yeah, he was, uh, he was a little banged was, up he was, last year. He was year. way down. He was, he, was, he was banged up. But, I mean, now with the new contract, I mean, you got to use this guy. I mean, he's he is – one of the best weapons on that team. And even last year in our fantasy draft, Ben, I had I had that pick yeah, where I could have yep, taken yep. Christian McCaffrey. I could have taken 
Kamara and I took Kamara because I believe that both of these guys are pretty much on the same yeah. level and he can do the same things that Christian McCaffrey can do. Obviously, Christian McCaffrey had to carry the team more because it's, 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 uh, they have less talent on that team than the Saints do. But when you have a guy like him, you got to utilize him to the max. Oh, for sure. And, and they're going to have everything. to now because this is a hefty contract at $15 million a year for a running Especially back. Especially with their cap. Problems. Yeah. I don't yeah. know how the hell they did it, but they did it, and they did it. I mean, and that's what makes Bill O'Brien such an idiot, right? And such a—I mean, he's got nobody on his roster, and yet he's trading away every legit, you know, blue chip player that he yeah. has. This guy's good. Let's trade him. Yeah, and and Let's you see that your teams like the Saints, the Chiefs, the Steelers. I mean, you look at those rosters and how stacked they are on both sides of the ball. I mean, Steelers more so on defense, but you look at the Saints, they're stacked on defense <laughs> and on offense. The Chiefs are stacked Given the on Steelers the offensive props line. Until the season starts. Until the season starts. Until tomorrow. And then we have our podcast next week. Those motherfuckers, I can't believe that. I can't believe they lost to the Giants. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, you look at the, the teams that are really competitive around the league, you can see how good the general managers are. You can see how creative they are with restructuring deals and taking advantages of or taking advantage of some of the quote, you know, for lack of a better word, loopholes in the CBA that allow, you know, signing bonuses and all these other things that can sort of stretch the contracts out over a longer period of time. Yeah. You know, much like a balloon payment, they do come due eventually. Uh, but you hope they don't come due until you're in, you know, a little bit of a rebuilding uh stretch. So, you know, to look at Bill O'Brien and that team and to look at the Saints, the Steelers, the Chiefs the 49ers and you look at the players they have and you just wonder how a lot of these folks are able to keep their job. Even the, even the, the Packers and what they've been, what the, what they've subjected poor Aaron Rodgers to mm -hmm. as much as he's not, you know, not my favorite quarterback. They have never put a good why. enough team around him. But when you look at what Andy Reid and his team is able to do and the general manager over there, as well as in uh, Pittsburgh with Kevin Colbert and the, the Eagles as well with Howie Roseman and the Saints it just it it boggles the mind why teams are so tight up against the cap and have so little talent on their roster. So I will mm -hmm. give the Saints credit here. I mean, unfortunately, I they don't have a the quarterback. Right but I mean, you, 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 I mean, when you get a talent like Kamara, you can't let that go. You know, it, no, it, God, it, it no. is it is expensive. Obviously, running backs. You know, but he's more than a running back. I mean, he does everything. I mean, he 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 definitely does. Uh, but I mean, you you just can't let this guy go. That's 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 what I'm. You, once you have this guy, do not let him go anywhere. Pay him $75 million. He's worth it. Yeah, I mean, and a bunch of it's guaranteed, but they can get out of this contract in three years if they need to. And, I mean, he can catch the ball out of the backfield. Yeah. He can, you know, he can line up in the slot. You can use him as a decoy. You can use him on all sorts of different offensive packages. And he can run the ball from scrimmage as well. So I, I agree mm -hmm. with Franny. I think he's better than Ezekiel Elliott and oh, better yeah. than some of those other folks that he's we need. He's got more talent. He's, and he's got more talent. And I think it's not a bad move. Especially, yeah. I mean, running backs are underappreciated in the league, yeah. but uh, there are certain guys that you just have to sign, and they're going to need them this year with an aging breeze. Mm -hmm. And yeah. with all due respect, no backup quarterbacks with Taysom Hill and, and yeah. James Winston. Although yeah, they, they have Taysom, quarterbacks, if Taysom Hill does line but yeah, up, yeah, they have Taysom Hill at, at, if, at a ten million plus contract. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But if Taysom Hill, but they're does, not over the cap. If Taysom Hill does run, this is for all the defenses out there in the NFL. <laughs> if if Taysom Hill lines up as run, as, as quarterback and and you have uh, Kamar right behind him. He's going to run the ball. He's yeah. not handing it off to anybody. He's just going to get the get. He's going to take the ball. He's going to try to run it in either left or right. I mean, he's not going anywhere. That, yeah, that's every, every, number... every single fucking play yeah. that pissed me off when I had Kamara last year on my fantasy team. Every time you see Taysom Hill, it's a running play. It's a running play. Yeah, for and him. and he actually won the number two job 
at quarterback. So, so Winston so is down there at number three. <laughs> it is. It is it, annoying. It was, it was so annoying. All right. Anything else to add, Friday, about Alvin Kamara? No, he's good. He's good. <laughs> he's good. <laughs> this is Friday's. Uh, That's my very... take. I would one with the most crisp. <laughs> ah. All right. <laughs> Alvin Kamara is crisp. He is crisp. <laughs> Next up, the. Pittsburgh Steelers. The Pittsburgh Steelers had one dangling participle this week. One last contract to negotiate. Everyone, everyone in Steeler Nation was hoping this would get done, and it did. The you Pittsburgh, yeah, the Pittsburgh Steelers and Cam Hayward came to an agreement with less than eight days to go before the season begins or began. Hayward, their veteran defensive lineman and captain, agreed to a four-year contract extension this past Sunday. According to ESPN, the contract includes $65.6 million in new compensation and is considered to be the biggest total contract given a defensive player older than 30 years old in NFL history. But somehow, the Steelers are still under the cap, Bill O'Brien. Counting the 2020 season, the deal is for five years and $75.1 million. The Steelers have long abided by a policy that forbade contract negotiations during the regular season, and they should continue to do that. The Steelers are scheduled to open the 2020 season on Monday against the New York Giants. But locking up Cam Hayward Mm -hmm. was a, you know, he's our captain. He's our stalwart. He's a class act from top to bottom. And not having him locked up before the season started would have been a big, big mistake for the Steelers. So I'm extraordinarily happy this got done. Frane, what say you? Everything that you just said, Ben, I agree with that. I mean, before the season starts, sign this guy, make sure he has long-term contract. You don't have to worry about any headaches in the future. Good job. Yeah, I mean, and he's a, he's a stand-up guy, you know, by all accounts. And it, this defense, I mean, right now, this defense, as far as I'm concerned, looks scary. With T.J. Watt and Bud Dupree and Cam Hayward locked up, as well as Joe Hayden and Minka Fitzpatrick out there and a, and a bunch of other guys. I mean, this looks like uh, a scary, high, scary funny how defense. Funny you are. It's, the AFC has some good teams. The AFC has some good teams, Ben. But nobody in the AFC <laughs> has a defense like this, especially with Baltimore. I, Genesis, I hope you're right. Luke, I, I, you know, I Earl Thomas right. going the way of the Dodo Bird. <laughs> I think that the Steelers right now, as we sit here today, the Steelers have the best defense in the AFC. All right. Uh, All right. Do I think it's enough to overcome the Chiefs' defense and offense in a game? Maybe not. Uh, but certainly it's good enough to beat the Baltimore Ravens and the Tennessee Titans. It's just a question, as Franny said earlier, as to whether Ben Roethlisberger can, in fact, stay healthy. Mm-hmm. Anything else to add about Cam Hayward? Nope. Good All signing. Right. Good signing. Next up. Franny's favorite. Is he really? Adrian Peterson, who I feel like has been playing since I was in high school. Yep. It hasn't been that long, but I feel like it I was does. still living in New York 20 years when ago he, yeah, when, was when he came Vikings, into the right? league. Uh, but Adrian Peterson is signing with the Detroit Lions. He told NFL reporter Josina Anderson this past Sunday, uh, he's signing a one-year, one-year, $1,050,000 contract that includes incentives. A league source told ESPN's Adam Schefter, they're giving me an opportunity to play, Peterson said. I know offensive coordinator Daryl Bevel from my days in Minnesota. Ultimately, I feel comfortable there and helping the team get better. Peterson was released surprisingly by the Washington football team this past or the Friday before after leading the team in rushing over the past two years with 1,940 yards and 12 touchdowns. Not bad, given the price tag. But, Franny, what's well, about his age, too? Yeah, he's, now, he says he's going to play another five years. And, you know, a couple a couple ACL. Uh, he had a couple ACL injuries yeah, he himself, just, He too. just puts I mean, another he just, leg on and gets back out there. He just <laughs> <laughs> replaceable yeah. legs. Yeah, he, exactly. No I mean, that's what, what it he, seems like. 
Yeah, no matter what happens to him, he comes back. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, that is an area where Detroit has suffered greatly over the past. Yeah, God, I don't even know how many years. Carry on Johnson was the last. Yeah, carry yeah. on Johnson. They have carry on Johnson. They have DeAndre Swift and now Adrian Peterson. I think it's a good addition to the team because Matthew Stafford does need help at the running back position. He has never had what a, a one thousand one thousand yard ru- uh, rusher. Yeah, in, I his, think, in his entire career. And I think if you look up the stats, I think in, they're not very good. I think in I think maybe I don't know how many seasons it is and I don't have it right at my fingertips. But there's some, you know, when he has a running back that rushes for 100 yards or more in a game, I believe he's like undefeated yeah. or something like that yeah. over the last three, four seasons. I'm not saying Adrian Peterson's be that guy, but it's just but a good addition. It's a good addition to the team. He's still a strong runner. And I've always loved his running style. Just, you know, go through people i mean that's exactly how and that's why he sustained so many injuries but i just love his running style and if if he can sustain that somehow at this age um it's good for detroit yeah i mean if the steelers had room i would have i would have been yeah we talked about that a little bit last week i would have been open to that we just don't really have room on our running back roster we'd have million bucks yeah we'd have to push somebody to the practice squad that that i think tomlin wants on the active roster so i mean it makes it a little bit tough for the steelers We're, we're pretty loaded up uh, Lakers won their playoff series yeah, tonight, so, so you hear, hear fireworks, fireworks in the background. Yeah, I, don't, I don't know why people are like it's only the they're going to the Western Conference final. Yeah, yeah it's, good, it's good not job. that deep, good quite yet. Yeah. yeah, I mean it's Western Conference, which is it's been a while. Uh, but yeah, still, I mean, I don't know if it's firework worthy. Ten was the last time, but you know, good. Yes, Friday's a Laker fan, as you could probably <laughs> tell. Uh, but you know, Matthew Stafford not the fleetest of foot, uh, so he needs and Peterson is a good blocker as well. I mean, so they can they can use. Uh, I can't remember who their tight end, the tight end that they drafted last year, who's their starting tight end with Ebron going to the Steelers. Uh, but, uh, but, TJ Hawkinson. Hawkinson, yeah. Jesse James. Jesse, Jesse James, James yeah. Former, good luck. He can't block. Former, no, he can't. He, he cannot block. He, he can't do a lot of things. Yeah, he's very tall. <laughs> he's like Zach Ertz without a lot of talent. Whoa. He can't, he can't barely, doesn't catch the ball well, can't, can't get any yards Pretty after cool the catch. Pretty cool name. Pretty cool name, great though. Name. But I think this will help keep Matthew Stafford upright as well. Yeah. Uh, because Peterson's a smart guy. Could be a tough division though for them. Even though you, uh, you I'm mean, high on the Detroit I, Lions. I, I, they were they started the they season were, well last, last. They season. were like four and zero before Stafford got yeah, hurt. I don't or, know about four and zero. They were three and zero. One. They, they, they I thought they were. Then they lost all eight games. Yeah. That Stafford didn't play. <laughs> yeah. They, they, yeah. That was pretty much all the games they won with Matthew Stafford. Yeah. That was it. Yeah. So I mean that that shows you, you know, what Matthew Stafford means to that team, and you know, having Adrian Peterson definitely. Uh, a good pickup. Yeah, and I'd love to see it if he could play another five. I mean, what? Emmett Smith played with Arizona until he was almost, what was he, 37? He was years? up there. He was, he was up, up there, there, right? So it is possible. I mean, Peterson's a tough guy. He's proven that he's, over yeah. the course of his career. It's too bad. I mean, I don't know what Washington thinks they're, you know, what their game plan is at the running back position, but. Or their quarterback position. Or their quarterback <laughs> position, but, you know, we shall see. Uh, but uh, good luck to Adrian Peterson. You know you're you're in the NFC, so I don't really care. Uh, ah. But you're helping Detroit in that division, which warms my heart because I want to see Detroit it warms take the that, cockles, the cockles of your heart, Ben. Because I want to see I want to see the, the Lions win that division at some point before I'm retired. It won't happen this year. Yeah, so you have about 15 years. <laughs> Please get there. You just right. aged yourself, Ben. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, they don't. I want to work early retirement. I want to work. I want to work till I'm 70. <laughs> well, no, I don't want to work till I'm 70. But no, I wouldn't want to. I don't want to work till I'm 37. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, anything else to add about Adrian Peterson? Nope. Next up, the Buffalo Bills. Tredavious White. I got that one right. 
Tredavious White. You Buffalo Bills. Really messed that one up. Yeah, I didn't mess that one up. Cornerback <laughs> uh, Tredavious White, who said he considered opting out of the season, has signed a four-year extension, according to Marcel Louis Jacques or Jacques <laughs> of ESPN.com. Uh, the extension is for $70 million and includes $55 million in guaranteed money. That's a nice chunk. Uh, according to Adam Schefter and Jeremy Fowler, the total value of the deal, which runs through the 2025 season, is $82.1 million and will make him the highest paid corner in the NFL when it comes into effect. Uh, the, the 27th overall pick in the 2017 NFL draft, White was the first pick of the Sean McDermott era in Buffalo and was the franchise's first foundational piece under its new regime. White recorded four interceptions as a rookie and picked off a league high six passes in 2019 when he was named a first team all pro for the first time in his career. Since entering the league, his 12 total interceptions are tied for fourth most in the NFL. Franny, what's it say you about the Bills solidifying that defense? Good. I like, <laughs> uh, good. Yeah. No, I mean, if, if you can find a good corner in this league, if the Eagles can find a good corner, uh, then yeah, definitely sign that game. Yeah, Joe Hayden's yeah. out there. Make a Fitzpatrick. He's well, a safety, but Slay. I mean, you know, we'll see how Slay plays this year for the Eagles. Slay you know, is a really on. good player. I'm sorry, oh, Detroit. I, let know, him go. Thirty years old. We'll we'll, we'll see how he performs. It seems like there's not that many corners in this league that perform very highly at their position. There aren't, and and yeah. the ones that the ones that are are, are getting are paid paid handsomely. Yeah, and you know, rightfully so. J- Joe Hayden for the Steelers gets paid a pretty penny. Uh, now we're going to talk about Jalen Ramsey coming up. But I just like to see the Bills, you know, doing making these kinds of moves, locking up franchise type players for long term deals, something they hadn't done since the 90s. And under Sean McDermott, I have high hopes for this team. They just need a new quarterback, not cornerback. They got their cornerback, but the quarterback is what they need. Yeah. And even in the Houston game, they were playing without the Chiefs were playing without their best corner. It was who was uh, out on, on well, when, you uh, get out that much, when you get that much pressure on the quarterback, you don't need uh. great quarterbacks. But yeah, they definitely need a new quarterback uh, in Buffalo. But we'll see how Josh Allen plays this year. Maybe he makes some strides. He's the new Mitchell towards getting Trubisky. better. But he was so awful in the playoffs last year that I think Sean McDermott and company should have some type of a game plan for the draft next year. If you know Allen is unable to improve significantly over the course of this year, especially if they get to the playoffs and things don't go as planned in the playoffs. Anything else to add about Tredavious White? Nope. All right, Franny, we are getting through. Well, I don't really watch the the Bills. That I, much. I watch Last the Bills. Season, I watch the Bills. I know a you lot. do. I just don't watch the Bills that often. It's so boring. Well, I mean, no, it's East Coast. Not only is it East Coast, it's obscure East Coast Buffalo. Uh, so spent some time there. Yeah, I, I, lived, I went to undergrad there. So not a lot of people from the West Coast watch. You know, you know. Cleveland, not from that. I mean, Buffalo from that, for twenty Cincinnati. years. For twenty years, that that division was owned by New England, and you don't really focus on it. too many other teams in that division except for New England. Unfortunately, that's true. That now division. it's owned by the Bills and Fitzmagic. I'm not sure. I'm not sure who it's going to be owned by. That's 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 going to be a pretty interesting. I, it's I want to see what New England is going to do this year. Yeah, I mean, and and it it's going to be interesting. Let's mm-hmm. put it that way. I yeah. mean, there's a lot of there was a lot of drama in New England. A lot of what ifs. This past week about well you know why people got signed and why they didn't and what the game plan is going to be with Bill Belichick but you know I I think that he's going to put Cam Newton in a position to succeed whether he succeeds is another question there's a reason he's not in Carolina there's a reason Carolina didn't pick up his contract mm-hmm. that's just that's just the way it goes. if he's healthy he can play all right funny are you ready 
Yes. <laughs> Next up, another cornerback not playing for the Eagles. Add Rams cornerback Jalen Ramsey to the list of players getting their contract extensions done before the start of the regular season. Ramsey and the Rams have been talking about a deal for some time, and the Rams announced that it was finally done this past Wednesday morning. The team announced that it is a five-year deal, and multiple reports pegged the extension as being worth 100, 100, and $5 million with $71.2 million guaranteed at signing, fully guaranteed, and not just for injury. That's an exception to the rule there. The deal comes shortly after Tadavius Weiss set a new bar for cornerback Smart. Jalen Ramsey came in right after that contract. Uh, and ends White's stay at the top of the heap. Ramsey's $21 million average annual salary is also the highest for any defensive back in the league in league history. The Ramsey extension is the latest in a long line of self-induced overpays across the NFL. Uh, when a team trades a substantial yeah. draft capital for a player, especially in a, in a player like Ramsey's case, the two, I think it was two first round picks. Mm hmm were sent to the Jags, then that player has a tremendous amount of leverage over the new organization. They gave away two picks to get you. What are they, you know, what are they going to do? Let you go? Nope. Uh, the way to optimize the trade and sign is how the Chicago Bears did it with Khalil Mack, where the extension was already agreed to as part of the trade. Since joining the league in 2016, Ramsey is fifth in completion percentage allowed, 55.5, tenth in uh, yards per target allowed, 7.2, and fifth in passer rating, 76.5. Franny, what say yeah. you about 21 running backs are, are, are barely getting 12 million, and the cornerbacks look like they're cleaning up. <laughs> I mean, so many teams are desperate for good corners. And, uh, you know, I, I think the Rams were sort of forced to sign this long-term deal because of giving up those first two rounders. I mean, you can't give up two first-round picks and then not sign the guy. You can't let this guy walk, you know, a few years later after letting two first rounds basically leave. I mean, you know, you, you you just can't do it. And it, and, and that's, that's exactly why they signed this long-term contract. He had the leverage on his side. He signed it and the Rams had no other choice. Yeah, I mean it's wait. I mean, if you ask me, it's too much money for a corner twenty one million dollars a year. But two first rounders is also pretty expensive. Yeah, and, and and I and I agree with the you know with everything you said. I mean, this is why the Steelers don't do it. I mean, it's people well, you know Patrick. I mean, but, if, but he oh, was no, a if, second year yeah. player, right? So yeah. essentially, you got a first round. I mean, you gave away a pretty first much. and a third. Yeah, but we got a first round yeah, pick. Ramsey's a little bit not older. One year, but, one year later. Yeah, I mean, if this was the third year of Rams of uh, Fitzpatrick's contract, then you know we're talking yeah. negotiations. But it the was the second year of his deal. You know, there's he's still got four more years le or three more years before the fifth year option kicks in. So the Steelers essentially aren't in a position where they can be forced into a contract negotiation for at least three more years. So I think it was that's why you don't see teams like the Steelers. And I don't even think the Eagles. I don't think the Eagles do this. And I certainly don't think the, the Seahawks Eagles do do this. Yes, they do do this. Trade little, away yeah, a bunch yeah. of draft picks and then put themselves in a bad I bargaining mean, position. Uh, they in in. Yeah. The, um. What was it? A few years ago, when Andy Reid was still coaching the team, and and uh, I can't remember what's the quarterback's name there that said it was a dream team. Uh, it was Jaworski. No, no, no. Oh, it was like back two, in the day. No, no, two thousand and nine, two thousand eight. Uh, he played for Tennessee. I got. I can't remember his name now. He, he played for um, for Texas. Uh, but whatever. Shaw? No. Uh, <laughs> uh, but I mean, Carr. But, no, um, no, but he 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 basically said that Eagles have a dream team, and that's when they finished uh, four and twelve that season. So I mean, the Eagles have done it in the past. I mean, they kind of reach for some of these guys, um, but you know, the Rams sort of the same thing. And in this situation, I mean, they 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 
they gave away a little too much and now they're ha- you know they're having to sign this long-term contract because they just don't want to admit to the mistake that they made. Yeah, and the, the Cardinals put themselves in the same position with Hopkins. Mm-hmm. I mean, they I think they got out of under out from underneath it a lot more cheaply with just adding on those two deals at twenty or whatever fifty four million dollars. But it puts you in a bad predicament if you're not willing to you know fish or cut bait, as they say, and you don't believe that Jalen Ramsey is worth this kind of money. Then you've got to give up those two draft picks. I don't think those two draft picks are as valuable as a lot of folks might think. But I think that the Rams had no choice but to sign him. And he's a great corner. Don't get me wrong. But let's not forget the consternation and the problems upon his exit out of Jacksonville. He was causing a lot of problems for Doug Marone and the ownership room in Jacksonville. So that could happen again here in Los Angeles. But, you know, good for him. He's a great corner. You know, not much else to add about that one. Mm-hmm. I'm, oh, Vince Young. That's who it was, Vince Young, when he proclaimed that the Eagles Vince had... Young. Yeah, you're definitely <laughs> reaching there. Yeah. But you know, they, I mean, they, they picked that's that's when they picked up Namdi Asamoa as a corner. That that was a horrible uh, pickup. Didn't really pan out. Uh, but that sort of seems like the same thing with Jalen Ramsey. I think Jalen Ramsey is, is better than Namdi uh, Namdi Asamoa. But still, Namdi Asamoa didn't sign for twenty one million dollars. No, and he didn't, a long-term he didn't last contract. very long. Didn't last very long. But yeah, that's you said the Eagles don't do that sort of thing. The Eagles have done that sort of thing. But I think I think they sort of learned from that mistake. Yeah, and you got to get about you know. What twelve and years? Corners are tough. I mean, you know, even uh, what's his name, Josh Norman, you know, never became the the corner that people thought he was going to become. Uh, you know, since Deion Sanders, I don't know that we've had a a, a shutdown corner like Jalen Ramsey in the league. So if you're going to sign somebody, this would be the player that I would sign. But let's let's hope that the Rams, you know, get their cap problems yeah. under control. If they you're a Rams fan, some issues. Yeah, for sure. Anything else to add, Frontier? Nope. We got a little bit of tidbits and odds and ends here that aren't necessarily worthy of a full-blown story, but uh, Franny and I found these two a little bit interesting. Uh, Reigning NFL Defensive Player of the Year, Stefan Gilmore, received a $5 million raise for no good reason from the New England Patriots leading into Sunday's opener against the Dolphins. Gilmore was scheduled to earn a base salary of $10.5 million in 2020, but the club out of the kindness of its heart, increased the salary to $15.5 million. Gilmore can earn up to $17.5 million if incentives are reached. Probably had something to do with Tredavious White getting that deal and Jalen Ramsey getting that deal. But what do you think about an unsolicited raise for Stefan Gilmore? It was probably as good as Almost as good as both of those guys. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, they don't have too many other guys to pay on the team right now, so why not give him a raise? I mean, it's good. I don't know if he's that good, though. Yeah, I mean, he was defensive player of the year, I think, year before last, mm-hmm. might have been. Maybe. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Gilmore's really, really good. It's just an interesting way, probably, to head off a protracted negotiation at the end of this season. Uh, another story coming out of Eagle Land. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't put it on the agenda, but I think Jason Peters received, what, a $3 million raise? I, see, I, didn't, I didn't see that. I mean, that, that, that was actually surprising news to me, Ben. I mean, off the podcast, we talked about that a little bit, but uh, I, I wasn't even aware of that. Uh, but I mean, he's going to move into that left tackle position, and if he's forced into that position, his old position, <laughs> then yeah. you know, got a three million dollar raise. I think he's making he wanted it. eight million dollars yeah, this he year. Wa- he wanted it, and uh, you know, I mean, if he can stay healthy, but he's thirty. He's up there. He's eight? up there in age. Yeah, he's but he's really up but, there. Uh, unfortunately, he's, he's he's the best option that we have in that position right now. So yeah, I mean, two years ago he was able to single handedly take on Khalil Mack. Yeah, a in a in a playoff game, so 
It's a while at ago. At 30, but it was still, he was still 35, 36 at the time, taking on the best linebacker in the league. Yeah. So, you know, Jason Peters gets a little bit of a raise. Uh, next up, Kevin Stefanski. Oh my God. Said last week that he would announce the identity of the team's offensive play caller, keeping him in suspense before their week one game against the Ravens. Uh, and he was good to his word on Friday. Stefanski announced that he will be handling those duties over offensive coordinator Alex Van Pelt this season. Stefanski took over the offensive coordinator role and play calling duties for the Vikings in 2018 and held on to them until he was hired by the Browns this offseason. What say you about? I want Kevin? to hear what you have to say, Ben. I want because it's 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 a team in your division. We haven't taken a shot, a punishment shot, just yet. Do you have anything negative to Stefans- say? Stefanski is a, a terrible uh, play caller. He is not good at that particular role. You have an offensive coordinator. I know you're working with uh, D Podesta to build a team around analytics and sound data-driven play calling, but you see what he did to the poor Vikings last year and the year before the Vikings vastly underachieved last year and the year before. I know they won a playoff game last year. I know they beat the Saints in the playoffs. That's a big shot. I may may have to drink that in two gulps. Uh, One gulp, and I'm I'm taking... Uh, almost as three much three quarters of but the Stefanski, amount. I mean, with the talent level that they had on that Vikings team last year, you know, with all the terrible things that I've said about Kirk Cousins in the past, Kirk Cousins is a is a top tier quarterback. He's a top ten quarterback. Whoa, whoa, in the, in the top whoa, ten, whoa, 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 ten, whoa. ten, not top all right, five. All right, he's a top ten quarterback in the league. I don't. They had a, really. A, they had a great running game last year. They had they were stacked at the receiver position with Thielen and Diggs and everybody else, and they've got decent tight ends with Rudolph and I can't remember the other guy's name. But he was able to somehow run that team down and underperform given the talent level on that team. And I think he's going to do the same thing here in Cleveland. He's got to give up this duty to someone whose sole job is to call plays for the offense. And that's Alex Van Pelt, your offensive coordinator. That's Bill O'Brien's offensive coordinator because you see the garbage that comes out of these underachieving middle-of-the-road teams when you have head coaches who believe they know better than the people who can do this for a living. Andy Reid? Is the exception. You can call plays for my offense all day. I don't care. You could, you could, you could get hired. You know, by yeah. be Mike Tomlin's boss and call the offensive plays. I don't care. Not defense. Not defense. but offense for sure. But to have Kevin Stefanski, screen pass, screen pass, screen pass. Yeah, I mean, I know that they played. They had a lot of misdirection, a lot of bootlegs, a lot of you know, a lot of play action for, uh, for, uh, Kirk Cousins last year, and I expect to see the same thing this year with. Baker Mayfield, but I think this is a terrible, terrible move. Good news for the Bengals. Good news for the Steelers. Good news for the Ravens. Yeah, yeah. I thought you would have a little bit more insight on that, Ben, since it's your division. Um, so if it was, you know, Jason Garrett moving over to New York as the offensive coordinator, then I would have more insight on that because I pay more attention to my division than I do to your division. So you have way more to say than I would. But you did say some negative things there, Ben, and. Like the contract that we signed in blood. In blood. Year, oh, I was going to say years ago. We haven't been on the, pod, on the podcast for years. A few Almost years, two years a few coming years, up. A few years. Um, but we did sign it. We had it notarized also in blood. Yes. So it, it, it is a legitimate contract. Uh, no, but if, if Ben says anything negative about any team in his division, which is the AFC North. 
And if I say anything negative about any team in my division, which is the NFC East, or if Sonia says anything negative about uh, you know any team in her division, which is the NFC West, she's in, uh, a Seahawks fan. If she says anything negative about any other team in that division, then she takes a shot. But Ben, you said some negative things there, so that's your punishment shot. But actually, this is not much of a punishment for you. I don't mind this great because it's a little cooler tonight. When this the, thing was 100 degrees last weekend, it was pretty gross. <laughs> the Bird Dog Ruby Red Grapefruit. Yeah, yeah, I thought yeah. you... Hated grapefruit, but it was you actually like grapefruit. Goes to show how much he pays attention to me. Sonia is the one. Sorry, sorry, babe. (laughs) (laughs) Sonia is the one that doesn't like the grapefruit. Wait, what was that? Sorry, there was was a little little glitch there. Was there a glitch? Okay, all right, all right. So Sonia's not out here to take any shots for her team, or or, you know, for saying anything negative. But Ben, you are, and let's take a shot here. Here we go. This is a huge one. Huge shot right there. Hmm. Oh my god, that was awful. It's actually Oh actually no, it wasn't that bad. What am I saying? I should say it's bad because it's a punishment shot, but I actually kinda like it. I don't like it. It was just too, like it, it was just too big. Uh, oh my god, that was huge. That's what she said. But yeah, exactly. Oh my <laughs> god. But yeah, I mean it's it's Whew. good news for the rest of the division. Yeah. Kevin Stavansky, once again, you know, like Bill O'Brien. Huh. Uh, can't get his ego. College kids would love this. Of, yeah, I mean, exactly. college kids would definitely. Oh, for sure. And it comes in multiple flavors. I think there's like uh, 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 Probably cherry. A prune. Or, Is there a prune? No, no. That's for old folks. Yeah, we should get the <laughs> you prune. Know, if, if you got to get the pipes moving, yeah. then maybe the prune. But uh, no, this is a great fruit. They got cherry. I think they got apple. You know, the, the college kids would really like this stuff. Ah, oof. 80 proof. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but these guys just can't get their egos out of their own, you know, and they haven't proven it. Stavansky has not proven that he, he that he's a capable offensive coordinator or offensive play caller, I should say. Uh, we know Sean Payton is amazing at calling the defense down in New Orleans. Uh, Bill Belichick is as good at, at calling a defense as anybody that's ever been in the league. Uh, you know, Mike Tomlin, when he had to, called the defense uh, for part of the year a couple of years ago. Uh, but most of these most of these guys, unless they're really, really Andy Reid calls the offense, unless they're really good at it, they defer and manage their coordinators. They don't attempt to take it on themselves, uh, especially with as little experience as he has. You know, but we'll see. Uh, I, I don't know why you would have an offensive coordinator if you are not, in fact, going mm-hmm. to use the offensive coordinator. Yeah, makes no sense. Yeah, exactly. All right, Franny. We have one more story. I don't know if you wanted to touch on this, but I wanted to touch on this a little bit. I can't help myself because I hate this man, uh, Skip Bayless. And you oh, haven't taken you haven't taken yeah, a shot yet yeah. tonight. I, I I'm not going to say anything. So so well, I'm not I'll say, say something. Negative. You'll say something positive about the Cowboys, which you also said. If we say something too positive about our opponents, I'll we be, also have to take a shot. I'll be neutral in my position. But is on there? This. But is there? I mean, a bigger douchebag. On the radio or on TV, I don't think so. But this how the, can you go on national call television and call someone out for coming forward and bearing his soul, telling mm-hmm. people that he was suffering from uh, depression. depression, didn't understand what it was until he yeah. finally figured it out, uh, and 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 showed true leadership, in my opinion, yeah, and in Franny's opinion, I, I think we talked about this. Off the podcast. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, it's your it's your division. So, what do you think about Skip Bayless telling us that you can't be a good leader unless you bury your no, feelings I, deep I, down inside? I think that's what makes you a good leader to come out because it, it is um, it's 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 a very personal issue that, and and a lot of people have issues deal, uh, uh, you know, sort of dealing with this sort of thing and 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 sort of explaining where they're coming from with you know, sort of you know, personal 
issues with depression and this sort of thing because it's sort of it's poo pooed in 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 the media. Um, but for him for him to come out and say that he's not a leader for sharing his true feelings, it makes absolutely no sense to me. I mean, you know, he obviously I'm, I'm sure he he got a lot of. Uh, uh, a lot of criticism, which which kind of what he was looking for. I mean, he's he's one of those like social media darlings where he he just wants to get a rise out of people and 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 make them express uh, either either positive or negative feelings. He just wants to be out there and and he wants his name out there. He doesn't care whose feelings he actually hurts. That even his own team, even, even he claims to like. Team. Uh, you know, I, I, it's, it's, it doesn't make any sort of sense to me. I mean, in, in my opinion, I think Dak Prescott is actually a leader by coming out and sharing how we actually felt. Um, you know, at the beginning, it was in March, he said he felt this depression and, 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 uh, couldn't, couldn't sleep, couldn't, couldn't concentrate. Sleep. Yeah. I'm sure a lot of folks out there are feeling these exact same things because this is an unprecedented time that we're living through. And this is not something that we've actually dealt with in our lifetime with this sort of pandemic. And, and he was just coming out and uh, expressing how he feels. And, and it doesn't make any sense to me why he would be attacked by Skip Bayless for sharing those feelings. I mean, as a leader. And he lost his brother were, shortly thereafter. Yeah, exactly. And not too long ago, he lost his brother. Um, so, yeah, it, it's, I you know, I. I'm just. I'm not gonna say anything negative. I'm like I said. I'm trying to stay neutral on this. But you're, you said a lot of positive stuff, so you're gonna have to do a I, I, shot for that. Yeah, I'm. 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 I'm it's not a think, punishment I'm, I'm shot because about the words that are coming it, out of it, my mouth it's right not a now. Punishment shot because we don't want to create a punishment shot out of this segment. No, but you are gonna have to do a shot for saying. But good, I don't. Nice I don't. I don't. About, I don't attack. Uh, Dak Prescott's how character. I've never attacked Dak Prescott's character. I've never attacked maybe Tony Romo. Yeah, you've attacked Tony, attacked Romo, Tony pretty, Romo. Yeah, a but, character, you know, you know, Dak play calling, Prescott, Gallup, quarterback ability, Zeke Elliott. If ability. I see Zeke Elliott do his eating cereal thing one more time, I I, I will blow my top. But um, you know, I, I never attack these guys' character. Well, he eats, I, he eats I, first I, round I, playoff I, losses very very easily. I, I attack the way they play on the football field, but I don't attack their yeah. character. I think that is just very low. You know, and what does he it, it, what does he know about playing football? What does he know about leadership, leading people in, in any setting? No, it doesn't just, have to just, be. He just wants to be a, like a, a social media darling, whether it's positive or negative. He just wants his name out there. Yeah, this is and he does a very good job of that. But I think this is going a little too, too far, far in attacking Dak Prescott and coming out and saying he was feeling, you know, depressed. Or, and and a know, lot of people that are fans it, of football and fans of. Yeah, the I mean, Cowboys and Dak Prescott you, probably felt a lot better about like themselves. I'm a manly man, yeah. you know. It just, it, that, that's that's not always a leader's be saying I'm I'm a man. These things don't bother me. Sometimes in 1955, yeah. maybe that was. Yeah, yeah I mean th these are personal struggles that people deal with day in and day out. But Dak Prescott had the balls to come out and say it, and for him to be attacked by by Skip Bayless. That's not right. Yeah, it's ridiculous. I mean, and think about the fans of the team, the fans of the NFL that that look up to these players. Yeah. And and many of us uh, probably felt something similar to what Dak Prescott was going through. And, and to have that. I mean, even Ben, I mean, you at home. Yeah. You're not used to this sort of thing. A lot of people are forced to be at home. Uh, you know, you can't go out. You can't go, you know, grab your drink with your friends. You can't go to a restaurant and, and you know, have a good time without waiting outside with your mask on and these things that were sort of 
forced normal. into doing right yeah. now. And hopefully it's not the new normal, but it's it's something that we've all been dealing with. And it's 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 a personal struggle for a lot of people. And for Dak Prescott to come out and say that, I respect Dak Prescott for Absolutely. that. And and for, for Skip Bayless. I mean, they should really I I mean I'm not I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't like to cancel call out culture, people and say, but yeah, this is up there to, with someone who yeah. uses, you know, racial language on the air or uh, you know, it says something inappropriate about someone's, you know, family member. Uh, you know, I mean, to Franny's point, I mean, I, we, you know, a couple months into this pandemic, I didn't know I, I was angry. I was not sleeping. I was sad no, it's, it's and like I was a, happy. It's like a roller coaster. Yeah. It's like a roller coaster for I mean, a I lot of people. I mean, I don't think I was clinically depressed, but I mean, but no. a lot of people, there are probably a lot of people that went through something very similar to what Dak Prescott was going through or is going through. And felt better about themselves, felt affirmed that they're that, that what they were feeling wasn't, you know, out of the ordinary, mm-hmm. that there wasn't anything wrong with them hearing yeah. their hero say this or, or an NFL player say this. Yeah. And to say that you can't that that being vulnerable is a is a indicative of bad or poor leadership just mm-hmm. tells you how little leadership role or leadership roles Skip Bayless has had in his entire yeah. existence, because anyone who's managed people knows that they respond to your vulnerabilities. They respond to you being honest. They respond to you sharing your feelings, what's going on in your life, your struggles. People respond to that because it it shows that you are a human being. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, I, again, I'm not into cancel culture. I don't want to say Skip no, Bayless should be fired. Well, they've been talking about but, that. But to say something like that, given what's going on, it just it, literally, but if you listen to the words that he said, that, mm-hmm. that he's a leader of men, on Ameri- what does America's team have to do with any I, of it? That, I mean, it has absolutely uh, nothing. I mean, like, if Baker Mayfield, it's okay because you play for a team that sucks. Yeah, Talk or, about your depression all or, you want, but if you play for the Cowboys. Burger came out and said something like that, too. I mean, it doesn't matter who, which team you play for. If you're feeling these sorts of things, come out and say it, especially, you know, more recently with him losing his brother. You know, that makes things even worse. You know, I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's it's difficult to, I mean, you know, I talk to people at work about these sorts of things and I go to work. I, you know, we actually have a place to go to. We're not stuck at home where a lot of people are, but a lot of folks are struggling with this because they can't take their family out on vacation like they usually would. That's sort of a release. That's yeah. where you get rid of the stress. Yeah, we, mi- we didn't get, we I mean, I haven't we, taken I mean, any time off since last August. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're at home in the same environment. You know, in your in your garage, in my man. garage or in my back you know, room, every single day, socializing with people. You want to get out. I mean, we're social beings, and you're not able to do that in this certain moment in time. And uh, you know, a, a lot of people, I'm sure, agree with Dak Prescott and disagree completely with where Skip Bayless took this whole thing. Uh, but yeah, no, I mean, we've talked about this in the past. Skip Bayless is a douchebag and he's I proved mean, that, that he's a complete so douchebag. It's so, it's, it's so low. I would never say that about my own team. I would never say that about Carson Wentz. If Carson Wentz came out and said the same thing, I would respect Carson Wentz's feelings. But for him to come out and say that he's not a leader of men because he's sharing his feelings, yeah, sure, I mean that, that yeah. that's that's such such an like archaic I, exactly. form of thinking. It's like I, mean, I have cancer. Why would you tell yeah. your teammates your yeah, yeah. that you have? I mean, it, what? It, yeah, it, it makes it's absolutely no, no sense. That. I actually have a little more respect for 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 Dak Prescott uh, with him coming out and saying that than just keeping it bottled up. Because if you keep it bottled up, that's even worse. For your for your for your being, I mean, it's, it's, it's coming just, out one way or the other. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 and it's it's going to come out in, in worse ways than just sharing it with your entire team. And I'm sure a lot of his teammates feel the exact same way. 
And and that's why I think it, it makes him more of a leader. I don't think it's worth forty million dollars, but I think well, there you it go. There's a shot right there. There's a shot. There's a shot. Yeah, Knew well, it would come out eventually. All right, fine. I'll do fine. a I'll do a smaller one. Uh, but yeah, and if you're Shannon Sharp, someone who's generally speaking pretty spot a on shot, with a shot. lot. With, oh, that, you got to do bigger than that. Come oh, on now. Uh, okay, you really won't start slurring my yeah. words later in this podcast. But, uh, and We've I know, had these podcasts uh, recently, yeah. and I know we dragged this on a little bit, but but it's so. No, but I, I'm sure a lot of people, given what's going on in this country mm-hmm. and around the world, and, and around the world with you know, not just in the U.S. I mean, I think a lot of people a little bit more are a little there. bit, you know, U.S. centered in their philosophy or in their view of the world. Uh, but there's a lot of stuff that's going on that's very similar to what's going on here in the, you know, in a lot of other parts of the world. And people are struggling. I mean, there was a time early on in this pandemic when I would see phone calls coming in and I would ignore them. And anyone that knows me, you know, from being in the office knows that that I, I, I crave people coming into my office to have a conversation so that I could talk to my staff about what they're doing, the issues that they're facing in their, in their work and, and talk it through and get to know them. So when I was ignoring phone calls, I knew. Something wasn't right. Like something was going on in my head that was that was not me. Uh, so, you know, I made it a, a point the following day. And from that point forward, that when a call came in, if I wasn't too busy to take it, I would take those calls. And ever since I you know, made that decision, I've been happier. Uh, you know, my wife uh, is going through something with her health. She can't leave the house at all, uh, really. Uh, to put herself at risk. And she is in, you know, a, a, a situation where that could certainly lead to your head not being exactly in the space that you would want it to be in. Dak Prescott, probably pretty similar. I know he had that party at his house and, and all that, but he's also the quarterback of quote unquote the America's team. So he can't put himself at risk either yeah. because he probably fears not being there for his teammates. So you, you add that on top. I mean, if some, you know, backup offensive lineman gets hurt, you know, they're a human being. But it's not going to make front page news if the backup offensive lineman, you know, gets COVID and isn't able to play. But if Dak Prescott goes out, puts himself at risk, you know, is is on the IR for for two or three weeks and isn't the quarterback, that's a lot bigger deal. Mm-hmm. And for Skip Bayless to just insult him, and I don't even know why he threw the America's team thing in there. Is it is it the quarterback uh, of the Cowboys is more important than the quarterback yeah. of the teams that actually win? Oh well, he's just a douchebag. That's 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 pretty much what it is. But it just it shocked me because you I know. I thought that you I mean, know. He's, he's sharing Even he would know it's, better it's not, than that. It's, it's not a, a vulnerability. You're not a leader because you're sharing these things. You're sharing them because you are the leader of the team and you want to let everybody know where you stand. And I'm sure a lot of the guys in the locker room, the 53 men on in that room, they feel the same way and they respect Dak Prescott a little bit more. Or if, I mean, I'm sure they respect him as well, but I respect him. Yeah, and, I, and well. I just don't understand it. I mean, even when, you know, my, you know, we're talking about my wife a little bit. I mean, I remember when I, when I first got that news and, you know, a couple of people that I was close to at work came in and I was very open with them and I was very emotional in what I, and, and, and telling people what was going on. Mm-hmm. And I would hope that they appreciated that more than me oh. pretending that everything was fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. when clearly you could see me yeah. and see my face and, and know that things that were actually, not fine. You know, bring the team together, a little bit of, you know, cohesion. To the team because they're like, yeah, I was scared to say that. Skip Bayless doesn't want me to say this shit, but I feel the same way. You know, 
it, it it's it's not the manly thing to do, but you know. Yeah, I mean, manliness is not what you think it is. Kip yeah, Bayless. exactly. You know, anyone can comment on other people's lives for a living. Yeah, but actually living a life and, is and, a little bit different. Yeah. Like you, like that 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 fake video that he posted. Uh, like, was it last year? Yeah, or two fifty thousand dollar kitchen, but somebody you got a twenty dollar <laughs> garbage can from Bed Bath and Beyond. And who the hell puts their microwave? Like in the island on the side. Yeah, exactly. That doesn't go there. If you have that much money, put the put the microwave like up on top. Is he single, Skip Bayless? I can't. I, I gotta I, guess I, that he is. I don't know what he is. I don't know. Uh, Who cares? That, that, that guy's a douchebag. We've we've said this multiple times on the show, and this just proves how much of a douche he is. But that was about as bad as it gets. Yeah. All right, let's do the shot. Cheers, Cheers. to Skip Bayless being a douchebag, and kudos to you, Dak Prescott. Yes. Can't believe I'm saying that. Mm. But forty million dollars is a little too much. I agree with that. <laughs> I agree with that. But they actually just renegotiated Demarcus Lawrence's contract, uh, giving the Cowboys an out on the contract at any point next year. But it freed up another twelve million dollars in cap space for what they believe to be the Dak Prescott negotiations that will begin as soon as they are bounced in the first round of the playoffs. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. If they make the playoffs, Ben. Exactly. Uh, they might not even make the playoffs. Uh, they're only favored. They're, they're only, I think, you got uh, the, two or three points on the Rams on Sunday night. Mm-hmm. All right. We'll be right back with the rest of the show. Right, and we are back. And next up on the big board, Ben, or is there is there more NFL news? No, we're good. Oh, okay, we're next good. up on the that big board. was a lot. That was an hour and four uh, minutes. Board, Ben. Thank you, Skip. <laughs> yeah, Dick. For raising uh, our time on this episode. And ne- but it was interesting. It was yeah, interesting. that's true. I'm sure a lot of people will agree with us that he is a douchebag. Uh, next up on the big board, Ben, we have a shout out to our new and loyal listeners out there. Yes, thank you all to our new listeners as well as Listeners that have been with us for weeks, for months, or even since the very beginning, way back in November and November 2018. Yes, since 2018, we have been a show about football, fun, friends, whiskey, and beer reviews. And since you're listening tonight, tomorrow, in the car, whenever it is that you're listening to this podcast, please consider heading to our website, thirstinggold.busproud.com, or search Thirsty Gold Podcast on the web and subscribe, rate, and review. Please, 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 folks, we'd love it. We would truly appreciate it if you would hit that five-star review, especially on Apple Podcasts, uh, market in Pandora as a saved podcast, and leave us a review if you conceivably can, if you have the time, even if it just says, great show, exclamation point. We truly <laughs> appreciate it, and we're going to give you a little homework assignment this week since everyone is being homeschooled or virtual learning. Uh, most everyone is doing that. Uh, so in the theme of school starting, we're going to give you a little bit of a homework assignment. This week, please tell a friend, a family member, a coworker, a stranger, just one person that you run into or you talk to this week, especially with football starting, uh, about our show, get their phone, get their computer, and add our podcast to their favorite podcatcher this is your homework assignment for this week uh this will be graded on a curve uh so we won't hold it against you if you don't do it but please 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 do it well do it next week yeah do it next week uh just like i did my homework in high school i'll just do it next week uh friday what's next up on the big board uh next up on the big board ben i'm excited to say this 
NFL Week 1 preview and our picks for Week 1 oh, of the 2020 you believe it? 2021 season. I can't believe it. I hope we play out the entire season. I hope we don't have too many issues, but I am so excited, Ben. And you pulled up the matchups for this week. Yeah, I couldn't be more excited unless a little bit more Christmas. All right, so we're hoping this season is very crisp. Is very crisp. Uh, that's going to be a running gag for I, those of you that listen to the show true, on a regular basis. I didn't realize how much I said that, but every beer, almost yeah. every single beer that I've tried, I always want that little bit of pop. That that's why I have the sh- the long version, crisp. and then the short version. I would want a little bit more Christmas. I would want a little bit more Christmas. <laughs> Uh, I had to listen. I listened to like six episodes in the beer <laughs> section, and it said the same, some version of that. I in, like a in crisp all but the IPA. Beer. I like a crisp beer. And clearly, even ours, even ours, Ben. Last week, we didn't have it chilled enough. I yeah, think. that's true. That's but true. I tried it the next day, and it had that crispness. Okay, and I got one in the cooler for you with tonight. our home brewed beer. Yeah, our uh, was it American Premium. American cream ale. Uh, but can you believe it? Week one is finally here. Uh, so we'll run down the Texans yeah. versus Chiefs game, yeah. and then we'll give you our picks for the rest of the week. Uh, but we talked a little bit about this early on, mm-hmm. but the Chiefs defeat the Houston Texans. Not, you know, not unexpected. Uh, Deshaun Watson in the loss, 20 for 32, 253 yards and count it. One touchdown and subtract it. One interception. Uh, David Johnson with a decent game, 77 yards on 11 carries, six through the air uh, for Deshaun Watson, uh, rushing uh, six six carries for 27 yards for Deshaun Watson. Will Fuller had, or led all receivers with eight receptions for 112 yards. And poor Brandon Cooks, who was supposed to be the, you know, the savior in Houston with only two catches for 20 yards. Jordan Aikens, David Johnson, Randall Cobb uh, finish it out. For the Houston Texans, Patrick Mahomes, of course, 24 for 32 for only 211 yards. But count them, three huge touchdowns. The stud of the year so Mm -hmm. far, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire with 25 carries for 138 yards. Uh, Daryl Williams uh, with 23 yards on seven carries. Sammy Watkins through the air, seven Receptions for 82 yards and a TD. Travis Kelsey with six receptions for 50 yards and a TD. Tyree Kill with five receptions and 46 yards and a TD. Uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire also with a touchdown on the ground. Franny, what do you think yeah. about the Chiefs he was, he and the impressive. Texans? Clyde he shocked me. Yeah, oh, my God. I mean, he could have two touchdowns. He's just going to push it in for that second one right there. But he almost, it was close. almost had two touchdowns, 138 on the uh, on the ground. Um, I mean, he was very impressive. I mean, he's very shifty, can't push the pile. Um, obviously, didn't have any catches out of the backfield. But when you have that receiving core right there, you don't need to catch the ball when you have those guys. But I was really impressed by him. But I was also impressed by the by the defensive line uh, for Kansas City, putting pressure on uh, on uh, Deshaun Watson the entire All night. Um, I mean, if if this continues throughout Frank the entire Clark season, company, Deshaun Watson Jones. will have an injury. Um, I mean, he always tries to extend plays. Um, you know, he should just 
he should know when a play is over and just go down. And now but, he doesn't I mean, have anybody to throw it to. He, he does not. He does. So he's extending the play for no good reason. Exactly. And and but I, I was really impressed by Hilaire, the defensive line, but also the offensive line for tech for the Texans was. That was well. You mean was, Laramie Tunsil wasn't was a good bad. trade, yeah, I, giving away two picks? It, it was it was very disappointing. I mean, if you're a Texans fan. You probably will not make the playoffs this year. I'm sorry, but that's I mean, although the way there was logged, one good thing. I don't think Laramie Tunsil got got called for a holding penalty in this game, which is probably the first time yeah. in the last two years he hasn't gotten <laughs> called for a holding penalty. Uh, you know, I, I I agree with Friday. I mean, I I can't I can't say anything more than what he just said. I mean, it, it's I it, it looks it looks really bad for Houston as long time. as O'Brien is going to be the general manager and the play caller on yeah. offense. I mean, he, he Deshaun was, Watson is being wasted there. Yeah. He wasn't playing to win the game. He was playing not to lose. The I mean, game. those punts were, yeah. I, I don't even inexplicable. As Franny would it, say in the first, in the first half, I say two, yeah, you've said I don't it, say Christmas. I say un- inexplicable, inexplicable and cryptus. Those are your two. Oh, okay. I'll well, get you another I'll, t-shirt. I'll, I'll that, <laughs> uh, I got him a t-shirt tonight that says, uh, can we, what does it say? I can can we get a little more Christmas or can, I'd like, a, can we get a little more Christmas, <laughs> Christmas from the offensive line for the Texans? But the punts in the first half, I mean, you know, short fourth down yardage. I mean, all the analytics yeah. tell you that you should go for it, especially when On you're playing your side of the field, uh, the chief, your, your points expected off a punt or on the other team side of the field, actually. Sorry. It, it's even it's a new season. I'm know, getting back into it. If you're playing the Chiefs and you're not the Baltimore Ravens or the Pittsburgh Steelers or the San Francisco 49ers, yeah. you have to go for it on fourth and oh, short. You yeah. you just unless you're backed up to your own goal line. If you're past the you know the 30 40 yard yeah. line on your side of Actually, the field, Actually, on their side of the field. Fuck, I'm, 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 too many of these fucking shots, Ben. Damn it. But how do you <laughs> and then he punted in the fourth quarter too? I mean, are yeah, you, that, uh, just take I, out your starters then. It, I mean, if you're exactly, not going to try to exactly. win the game, then why are you putting your starters at risk? Exactly. Why are you punting with eight minutes to go or nine minutes to go, whatever it was in the fourth quarter? There's no reason. And there's then no, you onside kick after you there, score a touchdown? There's no You touchdown. had a better chance of getting the fourth down than you do the onside kick. Why would you? Yeah. In the NFL, there's, there's no touchdown differential. In soccer, yes. In, in football, no. Uh, you know, if, if, if you're already falling behind that far, just go for it on fourth down. You have nothing to lose except the game and you're going to lose it anyway. So, I mean, if you can lose by 30, if you can lose by 10, you're going to lose it anyways, but just go for it. Give your team a chance to succeed. And, uh, you know, for the players, you have, um, you, you lose a little bit of respect for your coach in those situations. Yeah. I mean, but what do you think? I mean, what do you think O'Brien's, what was the plan there? I mean, why were, they punting in those situations. No, but, uh, but going when clearly to, you're playing Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, you're going to get outscored. Exactly. You and need to put on, up 35 plus points in the game to win. Yeah. Going back to that, um, the playoff game, what was it? Uh, it was two years ago, right? Where they were up 24 nothing, where we thought the Texans would blow out the, the Kansas City Chiefs. They were up 24 nothing, And they, they, they just completely changed their game plan. Instead of trying to win the game, they just tried not to lose yeah. the game. And that's the worst thing you can do as a coach. Play... As you would play your game plan. Don't 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 think about what the other coaches doing on their side. Just play your game plan. But O'Brien, I'm just not sure. He's just not. I mean, we've mentioned this so many times in the podcast. He's just not the coach for the Texans. He's just you're not going to find any sort of uh, any sort of success, especially not deep in the playoffs. Regular season, maybe, but in the playoffs, definitely not. Yeah, and I just don't get it. I mean, I, I, yeah, I mean, on the, they were on the 37 yard line, and they, they yep, and that's actually goal, where the data the shows 37 yard line and passed. Yeah, yeah, and they kicked the field goal. They missed the field goal. Kansas City comes back and scores three points themselves. It could have been seven. They got lucky that it wasn't seven. It was uh, three points that they scored on the other side of the field with 25 seconds left. 
Yeah, that was that missed field goal yeah. uh, at the in the third quarter. At the end of the half. Or at the end of the half. Yeah. I mean, when you, you and they got a young kid kicking the ball, you know you're going to have to score damn near 40 points to win the game, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Why are you even attempting a 51 yard field goal at that point? Yeah. It didn't make it. It made absolutely no sense. But uh, in this game, we saw, you know, Edward Solari is, is definitely a great pickup. Uh, you know, first first round pick at the end of the uh, first round there was the 20, no, it was 32nd, right? 32nd. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that was definitely a good pickup for them. And they have a, a strong offense adding this guy to the Yeah, it gives them that fifth-year the option, even though he was way late in the yeah. first round. Adding him to the mix, man, this is going to be a dangerous team. Yeah, and I just don't get it. I mean, it's like, you know, you're you're getting near the playoffs and you're, a, you know, LeBron James or Michael Jordan's playing you know, they're playing 46, 47 minutes. You're like, no, you know, he's, he's going to play 38 minutes. <laughs> you know, no matter what happens in this game, Michael Jordan is only going to play 38 to 39 minutes. Yeah. I don't care how close the game is. That's essentially how Bill O'Brien approached this game. Mm-hmm. Didn't care whether they won or lost. I'm sure he cares at some level in his brain. But there was no indication during, especially the first half in the fourth quarter, that there was an urgency on the part of the Texans to keep the game close, especially after last year being up twenty-four to nothing. Was it last then, year or the year before? Uh, I think it was. I think it might have been last year. Uh, I can't remember. Yeah, I think it was last year because everybody was talking about revenge, which is like this. There's oh, no such okay. thing as revenge. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it seems like it was so long ago. Uh, yeah, like they were. They were. They're talking about that from the playoffs about a lot of these games. Uh, this first week one, there's no revenge factor. Teams don't play better or worse because they're out looking for revenge. That's something that Skip Bayless would say. Uh, the Houston Texans clearly feelings, were Feelings? I don't give a fuck about your feelings. You know, the, You're not a leader. The Texans were clearly out for revenge, and did they do a pretty good... They did, did they do a good job of that? No, they didn't do a good job of that because revenge is not a real thing. So, but in the first half, they had opportunities not to try that field goal to go for it. Earlier in the in the, the second quarter, they, they I think they punted when they went a fourth and... I mean, it was a fourth and short... And they just didn't try to win the game. And I, and I know I've said this before, but you know you're going to lose playing your game. So if you know you're going to lose against the Chiefs, if you're the Texans playing your game, you have to do something different. And if you lose by 20, so be it. If you lose by 30, so be it. But if you go into the game with your game plan and determine to stick to that game plan, you will lose. Mm-hmm. And Andy Reid knows it. And I know, you know, Honey Badger, Tyron Matthew was upset that they gave up those two late scores. I was thrilled because I won my teaser. <laughs> But you know you're going to lose. So why don't you change up? I mean, this is what Bill Belichick is so good at. This is what even Mike Tomlin. Sometimes you're like, what the hell is Mike Tomlin thinking? But he knows if you don't try it, you're yeah. going to lose anyway. Yeah. And that's something that Doug Peterson has led the league in is going for it on fourth down. And, uh, you know, it, it's it's uh, like you said, Ben. I mean, if if, if you look at the um, whether the the Analytics, the, the analytics, the stats on that. I mean, usually it's better if you're in the opponent's territory. If you go for it on fourth down, you have a better chance of winning the game. And that's something that O'Brien just didn't do. He yeah, I mean, in these, yeah, the studies, I mean, the landmark studies were done back in 2000 and two, uh, 2009, 2010. And then they were updated again when the when the onside kick rule was changed, uh, which makes the onside kick rule, onside kick even more difficult to get. So if you're going to punt and then you onside kick, I don't even, I can't even wrap my mind around that, what O'Brien was doing at the end of that game. But you know the 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 it it favors the team going for it on fourth down in most situations unless you're way backed up against your own end zone. Uh, obviously, if it's fourth and ten as opposed to fourth and one, fourth and two, three, four, five. If it's a shorter fourth down, but if you're if you're on the field to play, 
you know, 37, 38, 39, 40, 40 yard line of your own side of the field and you're in a scoring deficit, you're in, it, it behooves you to go for it on fourth down there. It benefits you more so than a punt would, especially against a team like Kansas City. And the data is there. And that's why Peterson does it. That's why Belichick does it. That's why the coaches that are successful in this league do it. And Bill O'Brien is just stuck in some other decade, some other universe. So why even sign Deshaun Watson at all? If if good. if your goal is to point, if your goal is to feed David Johnson and Brandon Cooks because those are the guys that you traded for, so I'm determined to you know to make these guys a part of the game. I just don't get it. Yeah, no, but doesn't bode well for the Texans this year. No, the Texans are going to have a long year. They're not. Maybe he thinks he's got a you know uh, an obvious. You know, early, early in position season. in that in that division, and he mm-hmm. thinks that he's going to be able to win that division. He's you know, some, so he's going to throw this game away. He's got some difficult opponents coming up, so it's yeah, he's tough got, for them. He's got Baltimore, mm-hmm. Vikings, uh, and there's another good team in there as well. So it's going to be ugly for them. But yeah. you want to go through some of these uh, games, let's, let's All right, first up, Jets at Bills. What say you? I say the Bills take this one, Ben. What about you? Oh, I want to say the Jets, but I cannot. <laughs> no, the Bills are going to take this one. Yeah, I think the Bills have probably more by you know, seven or more. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I've said a lot of negative things about Allen, but you know, I, I think they're good enough uh, as a whole to win this one. Yeah, they have a better team, top to bottom, mm-hmm. and they don't have Adam Gase as their head coach. Exactly. Uh, next up, a division game: the Packers at your. Minnesota Vikings wait, wait, and Kirk wait, wait, Cousins. Wait, 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 why are they my Kirk Cousins? They my... You love Kirk Cousins. No, I see. The, I, come on, I see the Packers winning this one. Really? Yeah, of course. I see the Packers winning. Oh no, I'm taking the Vikings all oh, okay. the way. All right, all the way. Zimmer is not. I think the Packers have won. I think Aaron Rodgers is pissed off with his performance from last season. This guy is coming up big. Yeah, but I think the Packers have the edge on the Vikings. The last couple seasons, Packers, Packers, and, uh, Packers. yeah, Vikings, Vikings, Vikings. by. Three plus. Three Come plus. on. Oh, yeah. Vikings, the, the right. Packers are done. Uh, yeah. Okay. The Packers are finite. <laughs> or is that right? I, What's the French sure. word for finished? Fin. Fin. Uh, yeah, I think the Vikings take this one. Uh, next up, your, in true form, yes. your Eagles at the Washington football team with just a W. They don't it's, even have a, they can't a even. a W. I mean, they were not clever at all with their new name. Uh, but, yeah, I see the Eagles. This is win. like the an Eagles, F.U. to everybody that wanted them to change their name. The Eagles should win this game. I mean, with Wayne Haskins as quarterback. Oh, for God's sake. I, you're I, confident I, that the Packers are going to beat the Vikings, but you're like, well, the Eagles, maybe. Maybe. It's they, always they tough. Should, I mean, I, 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 you, know, if the, the, you know, the Washington football team, they had a good defense last year. I'm sure this, oh, for this year will carry over. Uh, but I still see the Eagles winning this one by at least seven. Oh, okay. So you're giving them a little bit more of a I, I do. I do. What about you, Ben? Yeah, I'm taking the Eagles yeah. seven at least mm-hmm. in that one. Hopefully. Uh, next up, Browns at oh, Ravens. Oh, Ravens. Ben, this is your division right here. I see the Ravens winning this easily. Yeah, the, the fighting Stefanskis are not going to... It's going to be an embarrassing season opener. I think Harbaugh and company are going to come play, you know, ready to play. If there's one thing we know the last two seasons... Lamar Jackson is lights out in a regular season and against a poor Rams or a Browns opponent, notwithstanding the talent on that roster. I think the Ravens could win this one by double digits. They might not even have their starters in at the end of the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up, Colts at Jags. Yeah, this is an exciting division divisional matchup between not two very, teams that no one watches. 
Yeah, not very exciting, Ben. But this is Philip Rivers' I, I debut couple, here. Yeah, it is. It is, and I I see the Colts win this one. And the no, Fighting Minshews, the, the, the Jags will probably finish last in that division. So Colts all the way on this one. By how much you think? I, I'd say at least ten. By ten. By ten. Oh, Doug Marone, where art thou? Well, they traded uh, their entire team away. Well, they had nobody, to. nobody wants to play for the Jaguars anymore. And Gakway left, and Ramsey left, and everybody. You know, like it's it's uh, Fournette left. Uh, next up, yeah, I'm going to take the Jag yeah. or uh, the the Colts yeah. by potentially more than ten. Oh well. Uh, yeah, I mean uh, Rivers has got a point to prove, and his point is that that the Chargers should have kept him. <laughs> uh, next up, Raiders at Panthers. That's an interesting matchup right there because I don't think a lot of people know what to expect out of the Panthers. Or the Raiders, even. Well, you know what to expect out of the Raiders. What do you expect? Uh, Underachieving play. (laughs) uh, A good quarterback used incorrectly. uh, Decent draft picks that somehow never materialize into anything. And John Gruden going out and looking to find himself a couple more quarterbacks. Who who are you picking in this one? Panthers. See, I'm going to pick the Raiders in this one. I think the Raiders, they're not going to surprise everybody this year, but I think they're going to be better... This year than last year, I, I expect the Raiders to win this one. But finally, a disagreement. It's about time. Uh, next up, we another... should write these down. We should probably write these down somewhere. Uh, yeah, well, we have a, a an audio record, but I would right, love so, it okay, if you would take yeah, it down. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, next up, Bears at Lions. Another divisional matchup between the Fighting this, Trubiskies. This is a tough one. This is a tough one. And the Detroit Lions at full strength. Exactly. And because they are at full strength and because Matthew Stafford will be playing for the Lions, I, I, I see the Lions winning by at least three in this one. Yeah, I agree. I think it's going to be seven or more. This is the first nail in Trubisky's coffin this year. Foles uh, actually might start in the second half in this yeah, one. I mean, yeah, if Trubisky exactly. starts terribly in this one, Foles is coming in. Yeah. He's on a very short leash. Nagy deserves better. It's, it's like a one-inch leash. Yeah, the exactly. handle starts pretty much where the, 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 the choker starts. Yeah, you're just holding your dog that, by the collar, essentially. <laughs> I would give him a little bit more than that. A little bit more. But Nagy You're holding him by the better. spike. By the spike yeah. on the collar. Nagy deserves a lot better than what he's gotten uh, to work with at the quarterback position. I think with Stafford, the offensive line is better. The offensive line got their contracts. You brought in Adrian Peterson. You got on Johnson. You've got decent receivers. Carry on. You've got Hutchinson, whose name Hawkinson, whose name I can never pronounce correctly. I think that the Lions are going to compete for this division, and they're going to beat the Bears by double digits tomorrow. They will finish third. <laughs> they will <laughs> the finish Lions third. Will finish third in division. They are going to compete. Stafford, stay upright. Uh, next up, Sonya's game of the week. Oh, the Seattle nice get, Seahawks at the Falcons. Get 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 her opinion on this one. Oh, you know what she's going to say. Oh, she would say, they're going to lose. They're terrible. They're not going to good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But, Ben, what do you think? They're going to say, the this, Falcons, this, the Falcons this, are so good that we can't beat them. This is a tough one. I think this is a tough one to call. They're playing in Atlanta, you know, flying all the way from Seattle to Atlanta. Uh, I just can't. I can't go against Pete Carroll. The, the, the rework defense, the receivers for Seattle, the running game healthy, at least for week one. Uh, in Seattle, and I'll take Pete Carroll over uh, Dan Quinn, uh, especially at the in the fourth quarter when the game will probably be close. I'm going to take the Seahawks by three. Hmm. You? 
Uh, it's a tough one. I mean, it, it's you know, okay to pick. I, 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 Sonia's not I, here. I know it's 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 just a tough one. It's to your Matty Ice. You know how I, how I feel about Matty Ice, but you also know how I feel about Russell Wilson too. You uh, have the best is, quarterback in the is, league versus Matty Ice. A tough one right here, man. I you know what? I'm, I'm going to say the Seahawks win oh, this. Oh Lord, there we the go. The Seahawks win it very close. Field goal at the end of the game to win it because they're going to put themselves in a huge hole like they usually do against good teams year after year. Um, so they're going to start off slow, but they're going to pick it up at the end and they're going to win it barely on a field goal. And Sonya will be out here in the yard, pacing around, stressed out of her mind, and you'll be she inside. She might be at your house. Actually. You'll be inside. Saying, Sonya, it's okay. Sonya, it's fine. And they're going to win because they'll win on the field goal at the end. Yeah. And just thank you, PKL, for so many of those moments. I can't tell you how many moments where I went outside just like with my high stepping with my knees. Console, like, Well, not even just oh. so happy because they pulled it out at the end because there's been so, I mean, there's obviously the bad games too, but there's been so many of those games where at the end it gets so exciting if you're a Seahawk fan that you pull it out at the end. Yeah. But it seems like they could have won in the in the first half, but they just they just they, they're not for some to. reason they just wanted they they want to make it exciting for everybody. But everybody's healthy. Whether whether you're a fan of the Seahawks or just a neutral yeah. spectator, they want to make it interesting for everybody, Ugh. and they do such a good job of writing that script. But Carson is healthy. Uh, I think Penny is still a little bit. I don't think that Penny is starting, but the rest of the running backs are healthy. All the receivers are healthy. Offensive line allegedly reworked. We shall see if whether that's the case. But uh, Todd Gurley getting a start with the Falcons too. Yeah, I'm interested to see how Todd Gurley will do. I think he'll, I think he'll play well. I hope so. I, I you know I, I hope him uh, you know a healthy and you know I hope the entire season is healthy for him yeah, because got he's him had pretty his, cheap. his issues. Yeah, because uh, I mean he was awesome for the Rams. So you know we'll see how that how that plays out through the entire season. But I'm saying Seahawks pull it out right at the end and a heartbreaker for the Atlanta fans. Me too. Uh, Dolphins at Patriots. Mm-hmm. A game that's always tough for the Pats. Usually it's on the road. Yeah. But, Even with but Tom Fitzpatrick, Brady. if you look at his numbers, Fitzpatrick's numbers. He starts well. Are pretty damn good. They're better than a lot of starters in this league. He usually is very good for three or four games. <laughs> and then is very bad for three or four games. Uh, you know, this one is, is this is a tough call. How long is the leash for, for Fitz? The Dolphins actually made some very good moves in the offseason. Yeah, they did. The Patriots lost. Brian Flores is a great coach. The Patriots lost a ton of players. I could see the Dolphins pulling this one out. I'm going to pick the Dolphins in this one. It is shocking that I'm picking the Dolphins, but like you mentioned, Ben, even with the the uh, the Patriots at full strength, they always had difficulties for some reason with the Dolphins. But I can see the Dolphins pulling this out. Yeah, this I did not expect from Franny. Uh to pick the Dolphins over the Patriots. I, I, I expect here. a crisp performance is, from the Dolphins this tomorrow. This is probably the least Frane pick <laughs> of all of the picks on the board. A little bit more <laughs> crispness from the Dolphins. Yeah. From the Dolphins, I expect uh, this. This I did not expect at all from you. Picking, I mean, you usually pick, you know, Patriots. It's still warm. It's, it's warm in Boston right now. If they were playing in a cold environment, I might pick otherwise, but since it's a, still, you know, I'm sure about 80 degrees in Boston right now, the Dolphins are going to go up there and feel right at home in that humid Boston weather. I'm going to say Bill Belichick by 10. All right. Cam Newton starting. But that's that's a whole question mark right there. It How is, will he but play? They, 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 I mean, they, they have a point to prove, and it's not a revenge point. But so are the Dolphins. But the point, to, but Bill Belichick is working on this game plan, and it may not carry its way through the rest of the season. But I, I anticipate that he will have the Dolphins 
you know, picked apart by the end of this game. All right. We'll I can't see. believe Franny is picking the Dolphins. I'm picking the Dolphins. You hear that, Christian? Over the Patriots. Uh, I, don't, the, I don't think too many people know who Christian is. <laughs> yeah, Christian is Franny's cousin who lives over in Croatia. Huge Dolphins fan, sorry to say, for his sake. Well, he's not my cousin, but he's 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 my adopted, very, very he's my adopted cousin in Croatia. And he's a huge football fan from Europe. And there's so many out there. Uh, and And he's a passionate fan of the Dolphins. Yeah, no one can explain how they choose teams like the Jaguars and the Dolphins over there. I can understand the because he's the he's, he's forty five years old. Yeah, so, that's true. You know, they were he, good. They were good. He had when the he was Dan Marino years back then, like most Dolphins fans still remember those those great years. That's true. Very but good few. luck. Very I, few. I, I hope I'm wrong on this one. I hope the Dolphins pull it out. Uh, next up, Chargers at Bengals. Tyrod we, Taylor versus Joe Burrow. Uh. That's a tough one, right? That's a tough one. But the team that I, should be starting their rookie versus the team that is starting their rookie. I, the Chargers, I just think they have more talent. I, you know, their defense is actually pretty good. Their offense, they have good. They have good offensive players. I just always have do. Question mark at the quarterback position, like you said. Always have good players in in, uh, in, in San Diego slash Los Angeles. Yeah, exactly. Uh, they're still to me to this day. They're still the San Diego Chargers. Um, but I'd say the the Chargers by at least three in this one. Oh, I'm taking I'm taking the Bengals all day and twice. I'm on surprised Sunday. you should take a shot for that. I man. am taking you the Bengals. Definitely take a shot. Joe for that. Burrow. The Bengals are an underrated squad this year. Are you taking a shot? Uh, Zach Taylor. You're saying to, this is. I'll too, take a shot. This is too kind. Yeah, you have to take one too, though. I will a little bit, a small, a little bit. But small, this is small, this small. is very kind of you to say these. I, nice I think words. the Bengals are going to finish ahead of the Browns. I think I said it last week or the week I before. I don't think so. I don't think so. I think Zach Taylor had the team playing pretty well at the end of the year, given the talent level they have. They have clearly, as far as I'm concerned anyway, one of the best quarterback prospects to come out of the NCAA in, in, in a number of years. Uh, played in the SEC under stiff, stiff competition down there at LSU. I think Burrow is the real deal. And I also think Justin Herbert is the real deal. They can uh, compete I don't know. if the Chargers yeah. were to start him, but they're going to start Tyrod Taylor. Instead, that's uh, but I think the Bengals are going to win this game by seven. Something that we don't understand: why NFL teams draft a quarterback so high just to have him sit behind somebody that has a little bit of experience in the league. It makes absolutely no sense. Yeah, you don't think Kyler Murray is better this year? Oh, as a consequence oh. of playing. Talk about Kyler Murray last man. year. Josh Rosen was released by oh, the yeah, Dolphins. Yeah, yeah. He, the Steelers were going to oh. pick him up, but they didn't have any room for him. I, I that would that actually might be a, a he, good. He did get he did Steelers. get picked up though. I can't know. I, I, can't, I can't remember, remember who picked but him that would have been a good that would have been a good pickup for the Steelers as a backup because Duck. I actually think the Patriots the picked Duck him up. was released. That's something we didn't talk about, man. The he's Duck. He's was back. Released. Oh, is he back? He's back in on the practice squad. Oh my god. Yeah, I think the Patriots picked him up. Did he? Uh oh, Tampa. Oh, Tampa, Tampa yeah, picked him up. Pretty much New England. Tampa picked him up. Well, cheers, Ben. Let's t- let's take a shot. Because cheers. That, those are some very kind words coming I from you. I think the Bengals can finish in second place. I would in that never division. say that about the Redskins or the Cowboys or the Giants ever. But cheers to you. Well, there's there's not a lot to dislike about the Bengals anymore. Yeah, there is now that Von you know Vontez Perfect is gone and Marvin Lewis is gone. Cheers to you for saying some kind words there, Ben. They're not head hunting the Steelers anymore like they used to. All right, the the slurring will begin. The slurring will begin. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I, I think the Bengals could probably they could win eight to nine games this year. Oh my God, you're so generous. I'm gonna that put, is you, what you, 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 you know you have access you know to these podcasts yeah. as well. 
You have access. You, you know, know you, what? Just drink this bottle. No. Drink this entire <laughs> bottle of whiskey right but here. But you have access to these podcasts as well. So you will mark my words. We're gonna play this at the end of the season when the 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 uh, the Ravens are competing with the Bengals to try to get that last playoff spot in the AFC, and then the Steelers are sitting atop the division. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, my headphones almost came off because I laughed at my head. Because Monday night Back. he's going to get nasty texts from me saying, we're, we're not going to make the playoffs. I told you, this, bitch. This, I told you, bitch. This team is done. They're done. Tomlin sucks. Fire him. That's exactly. Uh, oh, I thought you were talking about Bengals, like being so great. But yeah, those that that those are the, the, those are the text messages I usually get from Ben every single weekend. Tomlin should have been fired years ago. And then at the end of the season... After he sees how, how how he sees everything plays out, then you know Tomlin is not a bad choice at quarter. Well, I, I, eight I, I and coach. eight with Duck Hodges yeah. and Mason Rudolph—that's a pretty I, good I, season. I, look, I was saying good things about Tomlin the entire season. You were the one that was saying all these negative things. So, and especially at, as the season ends, he should be fired. He should be gone. He's just, that. Well, I'm like, you know what? Tomlin is a very good coach, Ben. That's true. And last year was probably the most fun I had watching Mike Tomlin because he was he enjoyed. Coaching the young guys and coaching up the defense so much last year. You're so high on the Steelers right now, and it's so hilarious to see you. Like, I, I'm, 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 I'm negative and very critical of the Eagles, like Sonya is with the Seahawks. But you are so critical and negative during the season, but then after the season or beginning of the season, they should be 14 and two, according to you. <laughs> yeah, they will ben, be. They, will they be. should be 14 and two. Well, they're more talented than the Ravens at, in virtually every position group. They're more talented in the secondary. The line, maybe the linebackers, they have a little bit of advantage at the linebacker position. We have a better quarterback. We have a better offensive line. We don't I, have I, a better I would say wide receiver. Is is about even? I, I would say the wide receiving core is about even right there. And the defense, it's 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 fairly close. You know, I mean, Harbaugh knows how to coach up a defense. He's proven that year in and year out. Well, Marquise Brown, you know, he is related to Antonio Brown, <laughs> so there is that. Well, so uh, hopefully like, he a, can a, shake a, off a, that stink, except for attacking the the mover. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, uh, but I think that. the Steelers have a, a bona fide chance. All right, so I choose Chargers, Ben. You choose the oh, Bengals. Oh, Bengals all the way. Oh, my God. I bet on the Bengals in this game. Oof, uh, next up, that bet. Cardinals at 49ers. Another hard one. Oh, this is not hard at all. Niners all the way, man. I, I think the Niners have a chance to go back to the Super Bowl. You know, I, I don't know. I, I, I know how you feel about Jimmy GQ. I think he's, he's solid enough to carry this team to the playoffs. And so they're, they're going to be good. I'm taking the Cardinals. There's Why? only there's only three games in the Why? afternoon tomorrow. Of I mean, course. they're playing in San Francisco again. The NFL with eight morning games and three games in the afternoon. They're playing in San Francisco, though, Ben. Well, you can't see, you I mean, can't sorry, breathe. Not, not that Phoenix is that far away, <laughs> but I, come on, they're playing at home. Yeah, but Phoenix, they're used to 120 degree temperatures. A little smoke and smog <laughs> isn't going to bother them at all. Kyler Murray had a full season to get the crap beat out of him last year. He's coming. Again, more prepared this year because unlike the Chargers, they I started their rookie. That. I want to see that, that that Niners defense. I want to see how they perform this year. Sala, Hala, Hala, Sala. Yeah. It's hard to do it two years in a row. Yeah, I'm taking the Cardinals in this uh, game right, by three. We'll see. we'll see. I mean, you know, he has DeAndre Hopkins, a new uh, new target out there. We'll see how that plays out. You know, the Niners decent. I mean, I I couldn't tell you who their running backs are. I uh, know uh, they got uh, Kenyon Drake. Back there running the ball, they got a decent receiving core. Larry Fitzgerald says he's going to retire if they win a Super Bowl. Oh, I would man. think that you wouldn't need the Super Bowl to retire at, yeah. at his age, but who knows? Maybe yeah. he's going to play another year. Well, uh, but I'm, I'm ageist wonder. I'm taking the Cardinals in that game. I think this is the beginning of the end for the 49ers this season. After one season? 
Well, that's, that's not going to end their season, but it's going to be a harder. <laughs> no, but I mean, they, they, I mean, they, obviously they they were they were great last year, but the season before they were not that great. So I mean, like this is the beginning of the end already for the Niners after one successful yep. season. Yep, this is the beginning of the end in the uh, Jimmy G era. Yeah, all right, George all right. Kittle. Uh, well, next up, week one is always overreaction. Well, that's weekend. why it's fun. It's that's always it's fun overreaction weekend yeah. in the NFL, and I think me and Ben are really overreacting with our picks here, but we'll see how it plays out. Next up, Buccaneers. Fun game at on Saints. Fox. This is a national game, at least for 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 most people. Uh, but this is gonna be exciting one. Like I like I've mentioned in the past on this podcast, I'm gonna be watching a lot of games from this division right here, and this is the first one I'll definitely be paying attention to. Uh, it's the afternoon game. Eagles will be done. They will have their first win. They'll be one and zero. But I can see. You yeah. know what? I can actually. I All can, the afternoon I, games are fun to watch. I can see the Saints winning this one. Oh, I'm taking the Bucks all day, <laughs> all day. <laughs> I love to disagree. Did it, did it earlier in the podcast, in this podcast, didn't you say that the the didn't you say the Tampa Bay would win? Oh no, I'm sorry. I'm taking uh, the Bucks. I'm taking the Bucks. Yeah, okay. sorry that shot. Wait, wait, did you say Saints or Bucks? I mean the Bucks. Okay. Oh yeah, I'm taking Tampa in this okay. game because I thought you chose the Saints earlier. No? Oh no, 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 no. Oh, you no. chose the Bucks. Earlier. Oh, the Bucks. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, I choose the Saints. Oh yeah, the Bucks are going to win by. I'm telling you, Drew Brees, that's it's over. It's done. I know they have a great team, but I, I think early on, if this was late in the season, I mean, look at this, Tampa Bay is stacked was, at the they're week, stacked at the wide receiver position. If it was they're stacked eight, at the tight end position. If it was week eight, I would say Tampa Bay. But first game of the season, Drew Brees is still healthy. He's still fairly mobile and agile and has a little bit of an arm. I think they can pull it off in this one, especially at home. Are you kidding? They're I playing mean, in the dome. Four months ago. Uh, Tom Brady was driving around golf carts in Tampa, dropping off playbooks at people's houses and, and busting into neighbors' houses accidentally just because he wanted to make sure that everybody had the playbook and understood what he expected of them. Uh-huh. I think that the Buccaneers and, and Look, I, know, I think the Buccaneers are going to be good this year. And, and, and Tom Brady has something to prove and I, and something so to prove Drew Brees. isn't going to be why he so wins. So does Drew Brees. He wants to show that he is the cream of the crop in this division right now. He's like, He's I a, am the best quarterback. I don't care about the GOAT. I am the best. He's had an entire career to show that he's the best quarterback yeah. in that division, and he has not done it. Yeah, he has. Well, he's shown that, that he can, he he can lose in the playoffs, well, even when against teams that are inferior to his team. Well, there's bad coaching calls. <laughs> oh, bad coaching calls. I, 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 I'm going to take Tampa by damn near double digits in this game. Oh, my God. I'm telling you. All right. We'll All right. see what happens. Saints for me, Bucks for you, Ben. Who's playing? Oh, is this the L.A. Sparks playing? Fuck you. I'm looking at this. Fuck you. <laughs> I'm looking at this logo. I think is this the Sparks? Uh, Who is, is this the yeah, Galaxy? I, I'm not a huge fan of this new Rams. What's, this, what's with this logo? logo? I like the Rams head logo, but this Rams logo with the L.A. and the sort of like almost looks like a Chargers logo. I'm not a huge fan of that, but I'm I'm going Rams all the way. That's an MLS logo if I've Rams ever seen. Rams all the one. way. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Rams too. I Rams. think Let's I think go Rams. I'm, they're playing opening up SoFi Stadium. SoFi is beautiful. Uh, ben, we definitely have to visit. Oh, Maybe not sure. this year because there's not too many fans. We that could do the podcast from the parking lot. We could. We definitely could. That'd because be there's awesome. no fans at the game at all. No, yeah. We could just be hanging out in the parking lot with our thirst and goal tent. We'll, we'll have to come up with like. Um, with like interviews, like for people, like I'll have to come up with a different accent. Like, oh yeah, I think this is gonna be a great game. I'm coming from Iceland. This is a good one. This is yeah. a good one. Get some Einstock. <laughs> we have an Einstock. We have a white ale. We also have a pale ale. It's very good. Yeah, we watch Try the a lot. Porter. We watch a lot of football from Iceland. <laughs> they do. They do. But, uh, no, but yeah, I'm gonna take the I'm gonna take the Rams. I I I would hope the Rams win this one. 
I mean, I, I, after what we said about, you know, discussing Dak Prescott and Skip Bayless, but I, I still think the Rams. I don't care what we said then. This is about this game now. I think the Rams are an underrated team a little bit again in this game. In the division, I still think they're going to be in third place. Yeah, they're playing at third or fourth place. Home. Actually, they're probably no going to finish in last place. But they're playing place. at home, technically. Um, but for the I, first time ever. I, you know, I, I think it should be a win for the Rams. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I mean, I think the Rams are probably going to finish in last place in that division, but last place in that division is probably still going to be six or seven wins. I'd say third. Yeah, I know third. you would because you still think Arizona is going to be in last place. Of course. Next up, Monday night at Ooh. 4, 10 p.m. on the East Coast or the West Coast, <laughs> the Pittsburgh Steelers against your, your voice is cracking New York right Giants. There. And going through puberty right now. On, I am. On it's been a long time. It's been a long time. I have to. I've been calling uh, Frank Thomas to get some of that Nugenics. <laughs> I texted five five three five to the number that they gave me on the television, but for some reason my testosterone is still a little bit too low. So Frank Thomas, you know, I'm going to come yeah. do some preacher curls with you. Yeah. So that is just the most ridiculous Jets. commercial. He's like, look, I could do preacher curls now. Yeah. I couldn't do them before. I couldn't do them before. But I can do them But now. now look at my testosterone. You can see the testosterone just jumping out of my skin. Uh, the Steelers versus Giants. What do you think? I think the Steelers, Ben. I think the Steelers have this one. I, I could see them winning by Ali 7 in this one. The Giants, I'm not sure what to expect from this season. Uh, I, I see them finishing 8-8 eight and eight and third place in the NFC East. The Steelers, I think they have a legitimate shot of winning the AFC North. What, 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 what is that? What is that little <laughs> talking too much gesture? I don't, I don't think, I don't think nobody you on believe the podcast, it. Nobody on the podcast I don't think can you see believe this. that. I do believe it, Ben. I do believe it. I think it's going to be a battle between the Baltimore Ravens really? and the Pittsburgh Steelers in this division. But who do you think is You're really going to win Bengals that battle? a little too, too much, too many props so far for the Bengals. Well, the Bengals uh, never had a really bad team. They made the playoffs a few years. They they they, they have a bad I mean, team. They had a bad team last we, year. They we were team this three year. years ago. We were we were at the bar with Sonia watching the Steelers, watching the the Bengals take out no Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell in the same game in a playoff game three years ago, but three they lost. four years ago. They lost right, but the, but the Browns are are god awful, and and they they the are Bengals are much better. But the Bengals don't have the 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 history of being as pathetic. As the Browns do. No, they don't have that same sort of history. Not too many teams have that history in any sport. But I see the Steelers winning this one, but also potentially winning the AFC North, Ben. I agree. I'm just well, I mean, it's not potentially. They are going to win the AFC North. Potentially winning the AFC North. Well, they might lose the AFC North because Lamar Jackson is going to win a bunch of games <laughs> in a regular season. Uh, but they will beat the Ravens if they have to in the playoffs, along with everyone else that plays the Ravens in the playoffs. Uh, that's That's further down the road. Well, yeah, we've I mean, got was, quite a few months before we get to that point. Yeah, that but was the great. One, that was the great Skip Bayless of the week. One insult Dak Prescott say. Two should Lamar Jackson retire if he doesn't get to if he doesn't win a playoff game this year? It's like okay, come on, Super Bowl or bust for Lamar Jackson. It's his third year. Skip, give the guy a little bit of time. Yeah. Um, how is this guy on? Like, how is he so popular? How does he make all this money and we don't? I don't get it. Well, because you just got it. But you got to be able to risk your your personal reputation and your. <laughs> Your soul just hey, to, guess, just to say terrible things you have to or sell your soul to the devil for that one, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean because you know Skip Bayless. I mean, if, it seems like it was sold a long time ago. If you're if you're making these claims, yeah, but, but to say that it's Lamar Jackson, make it or break it. I mean, are you kidding me? The guy's in the in the third year in a league. If he doesn't win a Super Bowl, what he's supposed to retire this yeah, year? <laughs> he could, <laughs> yeah. But uh, Carson ben, Wentz, you're out. You're done. Who do you choose? 
I'm taking the Steelers by ten. All right. I don't. I don't. I don't. I, I do not disagree with you, and I hope the Steelers win by ten. Yeah, I think Daniel At Jones. Least. You know, buckle up because it could be a long day for Daniel Jones tomorrow. Long season. Uh, but Joe Judge, I'm rooting for him. You know, I, you know, I like it when teams take a chance on coaches that don't have a lot of experience that have the skill set. So mm-hmm. I'm hoping that he he does well. Not as good as the Eagles, of course, mm-hmm. but I hope Joe Judge does well. Uh, last game, last Monday night game that no one will watch: the Titans versus the Broncos. I see the Titans win this one easily, easily, easily. But what you know? What about Locke? Drew Locke, whatever man. What Drew about Locke Drew Locke? Locke? What about okay. John Elway? Drew Locke played well his first few games, but then he sort of petered off towards the end of last season. But you know, I, I see the Titans winning this one comfortably by ten, at least seven <laughs> got to ten. A pretty points. good roster still in in Denver. Mm. I don't care if they're playing at home. Um, Clowney's got a game or two to get up to speed. I'm going to take the Broncos by three. Are you just trying to disagree with me? No, I, I I think the Titans were, I think they'll be competitive. Maybe eight wins. Yeah, nine wins. Maybe I was going to say eight and eight, but uh, but I, I don't think the Titans are going to be able to recreate what they did last year. I think in this game they will. But I and I think the Broncos with Drew Lock, you know, he didn't play great last year, but I think at altitude, first game of the year, no preseason, not as many padded practices, I, I think that the Broncos will win this game. All right. All right. So that's the first week. Can you believe it? Of the NFL season in 2020, 2021. You know, just hope for the NFL season. I would want a little bit more Christmas. You know, that's what we need out of the right, NFL this season. This sound very loud in my headphones. I'm not sure how it's coming through to all the listeners out there. Thank God for uh, post-production. But I do want Christmas this season for the Eagles. We can fix it in post, as they say. <laughs> uh, as Friday. you drink the Port Charlotte, Ben. Yeah, exactly. The Port Charlotte, another great scotch. Oof, One of the best PD scotches Creed. from the Isle of... Isla. Uh, Friday, what's next up on the big board? Uh, Next up on the big board, Ben, is our tag team news, our thirst and goal news. Your Steelers, my Eagles, and Sonya's Seahawks. All right, hold tight, everybody. We'll be right back with the tag team news. All right, and we are back with some tag team news, our thirst and goal news, Ben. And first up on the docket. Well, who are the tag teams? Oh, I just, I, well, I mentioned before the break. Before oh, you did? The, <laughs> then, then I'm going to shut up. So, so your Steelers, <laughs> two, two my men. Eagles. Uh, what's the name of that? What's the brand Sonya's, on that whiskey over there? Yeah, whatever it is, it fucks you up pretty quickly. Oh, bird but dog. It, okay. is the it got bird Friday two weeks ago. It got dog. me tonight. It, got, it gets me every single week. I'm not sure what it is about this bird dog. But they also have some bourbons, and maybe I should grab a few of their bourbons. Ugh. A little bit more <laughs> Christmas. I'll have to raise the volume Just on that for next a week. a little bit. All right, you want to take the Eagles, the Seahawks, or the Steelers, Friday? Well, whatever is first, Ben. It looks like we have the Eagles first. All right, yeah, the, the guy who is my idol as of this week. Well, he's Josh, almost the same age as you, Ben. <laughs> oh, no, exactly. Josh McCown. The Philadelphia Eagles are signing veteran quarterback Josh McCown to their practice squad, making him the oldest practice squad player in NFL history. 
The Eagles are signing the 41-year-old, 41-year-old, as insurance in the event that one or more of Philadelphia's quarterbacks test positive for the coronavirus. McCown will be staying in Texas playing PlayStation throughout the season. What a great job. Staying in shape and going through virtual meetings. McCown played in three games for the Eagles last season and started two seasons ago for the Jets. He is set to make 12000 count it, $12,000 a week to wow. play PlayStation 5, which is coming out coming sooner. Out. Uh, Soon. <laughs> oh, my God. Play PS4 for now, PS5 in the future. Well, what do you think about uh, what, Josh McGowan playing what, uh, video games for twelve grand a week? What a dream job for this guy. But you know what? It's a smart move. I'm, I'm not, you know... Twelve thousand dollars. That's a good. That's a good chunk of change with all the money he's made in his entire career so far. Um, I mean, I, I think it's a good move for the Eagles uh, because you just don't know. I mean, this year is me so pre- unpredictable. Uh, you just don't know what's going to happen. Um, but you know, he knows the playbook, and you know, he obviously pr- proved himself in the playoffs last year. He's got heart. He's got the ability to play for this team. And so I, I wish him all the best playing PS4. I don't know if he's going to even see the field, but making $12,000 a year. Jesus Christ. That's, yeah, that's a I mean, any, change. anyone that, that loves football, uh, you know, go back and watch last yeah. season. Especially after the loss after and the way the loss, he reacted. Josh McCown in the tunnel, the way that he reacted to the loss, uh, you know, both on the field and what he said to his teammates on the field before he left for the tunnel. And how he reacted in the tunnel, but even more importantly, how his teammates reacted to him in the tunnel after that game. Uh, can't say enough about Josh McCown, his heart, his competitiveness, and certainly I would take Josh McCown sitting in Texas over Mason Rudolph or Duck Hodges or Josh Dobbs, who are all, well, Josh yeah. Dobbs and Mason Rudolph are on our roster. Sitting in the locker room. You know, I would prefer that the Steelers would have done something like this with 16 players on the practice squad, but alas, they didn't. I will take, uh, you got Jalen Hurts sitting on the sideline Mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. I think this is a smart move by the Eagles because who knows what might happen. I just don't know. And you hate to throw the season away because you've got Duck Hodges and Mason Rudolph as quarterback. Mm -hmm. Uh, Next up, we have the Seahawks. (laughs) The Seahawks had an interesting week this week. They made a switch at the receiver position on Tuesday as they prepared for the regular season opener at Atlanta, signing Penny Hart off the practice squad and waving John Ursua, a fan favorite. Ursua cleared, cleared waivers later in the week, and the Seahawks got him back on the practice squad to fill the spot opened by Hart, signing to the 53-man roster. Teams are not making as many waiver claims so far this year as in seasons past, due in part to COVID-19, uh, but Seattle is probably thinking Ursua will sneak through, and he did. Uh, the moves or the move leads Seattle or leaves Seattle with six, count them, six receivers heading into the game against the Falcons on Sunday. Ursua was a seventh round pick in 2019 out of Hawaii, but saw a little action uh, on the field for 11 snaps during the regular season and making one catch for 11 yards. Ursua battled the Baller. hamstring. Hala. <laughs> Ursua battled a hamstring injury for a time during training camp, but was not waived as injured, indicating that he's healthy at present. The game will be Hart's first time on an active roster, but he is familiar with the Seahawks having been on the practice squad much of last season, signed by the Seahawks on October 22nd of last year. I think this could be their Greg Ward. I think this is a feel-good story. <laughs> right no feel-good story this week, folks. We're yeah, exactly. on hiatus for the I, I, regular I, I, season. You know, if, if he does make, you know, the the actual squad, the 50, uh, 53-man uh, roster, uh, you know, if he finds playing time, 
then good for him. But I just don't think it's going to happen. I mean, they have Lockett. They have uh, uh, Metcalf out there. Um, I, I don't know how much playing time he's going to see. But if he does, good for him. Yeah, I think he could be a good addition to the, you know, they, they have Lockett, the as Eagles. you said. They have DK Metcalf. He might be good for the Eagles. But, but I think, you know, with all of their tight ends healthy, yeah, a full complement of receivers, having six receivers for the Seahawks, I think is a, it He's bodes way, well for Russell Wilson. Way down on the roster here. Oh, way down. Way down. But I'd rather they be beefing up of their, their wide receiver core rather than beefing up their running back core, which is something that Pete Carroll would normally do. So I, I'm hoping that there's a little bit of chili in the pot cooking for Russell Wilson on Sunday at 10 o'clock Pacific Standard Time. Uh, next up, the Steelers. The Steelers had a really bland week this week. The Pittsburgh Steelers brought back a pair of veterans uh, this past Sunday, signing quarterback Josh Dobbs and safety Sean Davis. Dobbs was claimed off waivers from the Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, whom uh, he was traded 50 weeks ago. For a 2020 fifth-round draft pick, Davis was signed after he cleared waivers following a release by Washington. The Steelers cut Devlin Duck Hodges, the undrafted rookie tryout from Sanford, who started six games last last season uh, to clear roster space, but they were able to pick up Duck Hodges later in the week and signed him to the practice squad. Uh, Sean Davis played for the Steelers for many years as a backup safety and was forced into starting uh, at the safety position for several weeks over the past few years. Uh, he knows the the scheme. He knows the plays. I'm not sure exactly why Jacksonville cut him, but I think it's good that they have Sean Davis back. Josh Dobbs obviously knows the the, the playbook. He understands the Steelers. He was there for, I think, four seasons. Uh, started a couple games. Came in uh, the year before last when Roethlisberger went down. Threw a couple of nice passes. Uh, he was cut as well. Franny, uh, any any opinion about the Steelers bringing, bringing back a couple of scrubs, cutting Hodges, and then bringing Hodges back on the practice squad? Uh, the poor duck, Ben. I mean, you got you you. I bought, almost wore the jersey tonight. It's a little uh, chilly now. I know. I, I mean, Ben, you're still trying to show off your uh, your guns that you've been working on. You're the, the only last... person I could show them off to. Exactly. I mean, unfortunately, and my neighbors that see me in the front yard. That's why Dak is depressed. That's why you're depressed too, Ben. Yeah, you can't show off your guns to the people out there. But I've learned that it's just for my own self confidence in my own belief in my own <laughs> self. You're you, that's that's a little too uh, personal, Ben. <laughs> you're not a leader. According. I'm not a leader. I shouldn't have feelings. I should not have an ego, and I should not have any confidence issues. Exactly. How if dare I'm you be the quarterback of America's team? <laughs> How dare you? I have to be confident at all times. Yeah, skip. I have to uh, be everything that uh, that John Wayne was in the movies, but in real life. That is Skip Bayless's impression of what the Dallas Cowboys quarterback should be. Yeah, but pretty he slow. Be I mean, it's... dirty Harry at all times. <laughs> but uh, no, I mean, obviously. Uh... I mean, some decent roster moves right there for the Steelers. I mean, you can't really do so much with when your when your when your back is up to the wall with on the cap space. You know, you just can't do too much. But you know, what, whatever little you can do, they did do, and uh, it's not really going to make a difference during the regular season. Yeah, I mean, it's nice to have Sean Davis back. He does know the playbook. Does he, he really? Yeah, he does. <laughs> I've never heard of Sean Davis. Uh, decent in my safety. Life. You know, if something were to happen to Fitzpatrick. You know, it's nice to have someone who understands the playbook and is a decent safety, not a great safety, not a starting safety, but a decent backup safety. And Josh Dobbs, obviously, you know, Steelers don't prioritize the quarterback position. So, you know, it is what it is. What? 
We just don't. I mean, Hodges, we got him back on the practice squad. I like Hodges. Well, you got his jersey. Uh, I mean, the, he had one week of success, and you had his. You had the jersey delivered in like uh, one day. You paid he extra. He had three wins in a row. You paid extra to have it shipped overnight. I did. I did. So you three, can wear three. it. Well, because I knew the next loss was probably coming pretty fast. <laughs> and you, he wants it back. Actually, yeah, he wants his jersey he, back. He called the show and said, "I want my the one jersey that was bought by a fan out there. I want it. I want to hang it up." In I would my... like to know how many of those sold. <laughs> like, I wonder if there's a way I can get the analytics on how uh, many Hodges jerseys actually sold. I'm sure it was popular for probably an hour on NFL.com. Outside of Pittsburgh, I'd Outside be curious the, yeah. to see how many sold. I think you were the only one on the West you know, Coast. Steelers are the very definition of ride or die when it comes to their their quarterback position. You know, it's the starter or bust. <laughs> Uh, you know, the Steelers, you know, they, they don't have a backup. The Eagles have Jalen Hurts. The I, I, I can't remember his name. I don't know either. He's, he's that one dude. At, uh, Jordan Love is out in Green Bay. Yeah. And a lot of other, you know, you got, you got Burrow out there. You got with with um, Tyrod Taylor. You've got Fitzpatrick down there with Tua Tagovailoa. So the Steelers just don't prioritize the quarterback position. It's either Ben Roethlisberger, whoever Which the starter is. Also is. odd that they wouldn't start Tagovailoa, right? I mean, it's Chargers, Chargers are not are not starting Herbert. They're not starting Tagovailoa, even though they picked him high in the draft. Doesn't make any sense. But to again, me. But at least Fitzpatrick, you know, but he's proven himself in this it? league a little bit, just a little bit. He has, but what is the point of it? I don't get it. I it's don't, much it like O'Brien on Thursday. You're yeah. going to lose the game. Yeah. If you don't change what you're doing. Mm-hmm. So why not change what you're doing? Well, exactly. You're the Miami Dolphins. You're not going to win the division with Ryan Fitzpatrick for the entire season. So why not and they just know that. give this guy it's the no, experience he needs? If you're the Chargers, well, hypothetically, I guess you could win that division with Tyrod Taylor, perhaps. Win the division with Kansas City? Well, that's right. You had Kansas City <laughs> in that division. Uh, but they can't win the division. So why wouldn't you take Justin Herbert... I mean, I, I think that Kyler Murray is, is going to be light years ahead of a lot of these guys coming into this season because he got beat up so bad behind that poor offensive line last year. He had to learn how to play behind a bad offensive line and make do. They still won, you know, four or five games last year. I think Kyler Murray is going to play really well this year because of the experience he got last year. It took Peyton Manning three years to become Peyton Manning, uh, and he had three years of you know, relatively terrible play before that. So, you know, throwing someone in there after two or three years of sitting on the bench and expecting them to be your hero at that point, I just think it's not fair. Mm-hmm. All right, Franny. Anything else to add? Nothing to add, man. All right. What's next up on the big board? Uh, next up on the big board, Ben, we have our shot of oh, we're into the, the week. It's the, our drinking portion of the show. We have our shot. We have our beverage. We have our beer of the week. All right, hold tight, everybody. We'll be right back with our drinking part two section of the show. All right, hold tight. All right, and we are back with our shot of the week. Yeah, we're only two hours in. Only two hours. Uh, this week we've dubbed it the football is, or actually football is a lifesaver, right? Yep, that's the one yes, we have. Football, football is, a, is lifesaver. a lifesaver, and it's nice to have football back. This year has been abnormal, <laughs> to say the <laughs> we least. Have not to say the least, experienced 
anything like this in our lifetimes, but it's nice to have a little bit of normalcy back in our lives. It was beautiful to watch that game on Thursday night with Chris Collinsworth even. I was Absolutely. happy to see Chris Collinsworth back, and you know how much I hate that guy. Yeah, uh, but it was nice to even was like, hear okay. his okay. voice, even though he's an Eagles <laughs> hater, but whatever, we'll take him. Uh, but football is a lifesaver, and that's what we've dubbed this shot, and in the shot tonight, we have rum, which Ben loves. I think rum is one of the favorite, one of his favorite My uh, least spirits favorite. around. What do we we've have got- around here? Oh, sugar cane? Okay, let's make something out of that. No. We've got yes. some rum, a little bit of squirts, because I couldn't find, well, when I went to Total Wine, didn't have any pineapple juice for some reason, so I substituted that with a little bit of squirt, a little bit of simple syrup, a little bit of triple sec, a little bit of lime juice, and we have these beautiful bright green shots, Ben, with a little bit of, uh, well, we have a toothpick with some lifesavers through it, the gummy lifesavers right through it, resting on top of the shot. And it was actually inspired by um, Tipsy Bartender. I had to improvise, though. Since there was no uh, uh, pineapple juice, I used a little bit of the squirt. Still a nice bright green sort of color in the shot span. Let's give these a shot here. There's your... Don't swallow the toothpick, by the way. Oh, it's a beautiful looking shot. Yeah, I mean, even here at Chris Collinsworth. It was yeah. just like, okay, this is, you know, Al Michaels, Al Michaels, of course, like, I, you know, Al Michaels is a great commentator. Oh, for sure. You know, hearing his voice was, was also very, very soothing on the ears. Yeah, I mean, everything was, you know, as you would expect at the beginning of the game, there was a lot of, you know. I didn't watch the uh, There was a lot of, there was a lot that was very timely with what's going on in the country uh, with the national anthem and some other songs that were sang. I didn't get home. I, mean, um, I got home like right at the end of the first quarter. So like I got, I watched from the end of the first quarter on because I was still at work. I had to work overtime. I thought it was me off early in the day, and I was pissed off that I couldn't be off early in the day to watch the first game of the season. But it was just great to have a little bit of normalcy back oh, for in our sure. lives. For sure. I mean, they had the the national anthem, then they had the you know what's colloquial colloquially known as the black national anthem. Then they finally got into the game. And the moment where I thought everything was going to go off the rails was was when they first opened the game and Chris Collinsworth said something to the effect of, I hate the Eagles. You know, we have to talk about what's <laughs> going on in the country with the pro. And I'm like, no, no, you, you, you don't have to talk about this, Chris. You actually don't have to talk about this. Yeah. I mean, he has a good point. I'll give him that. Because the has, 20 minutes has, that came before has... this was all about, it's like, we don't, no one wants to hear what Chris Collinsworth thinks about, you know, police brutality. No one yeah. really cares about that. No, no, but I, I you know, he has, and it seems like his son now is sort of getting yeah, this. Yeah. You know, he, he had a little bit there too. Uh, but he has a good voice. I just hate the fact that he's an Eagles hater. But but know. they did a really good job during the game. No, of course. Uh, him they, and Al they always did, do. Yeah. They always do. You know, and, and and I mean, the one thing I like about Collinsworth is he 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 will point out the mistakes that the coaches make, and a lot of a lot of you know Al Michaels is more of a play by play, just a just a Brent Mutzberger type. Who I, you know, Brett, I don't agree with Brett Musburger on a lot, but when he calls those Raider games, I mean, you are listening to the game. You are, you are in the moment when Brett, when Brent Musburger is calling a game. Uh, and I feel a little bit of that with Chris Collinsworth and Al Michaels. Mm. I mean, and, and Tony Romo is a close second. Oh, come on. Get out of here. But Get it is that. ironic, though. Isn't it ironic how bad most of the teams, Monday Night Football, most of the Fox games, most of the CBS games, how bad the announcers are. And then when you watch that Sunday night game, you're like, huh, 
This isn't that hard. Oh, no, I mean, yeah, yeah. They're 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 easy to listen to. Tony Romo's like, I think a uh, play action pass coming up next Wait, year. You, you just praised him. Well, I like Tony Romo's, but I like him when he's, you know, when he's not feeling under the weather at all. Uh, when he's sick, he's not particularly good. But, you know, just listening to Al Michaels and, and Chris Collinsworth on Thursday night, it just, it really made me feel like things are somewhat normal. Somewhat. Some yeah. fans in the stands. So you had some. There was. I think there was the, cheering. Did they, did they say there was about 17,000? Yeah, about 17,000 fans. Um, you know, it seemed like it was, like you said, a little more normal. You could hear a little bit of crowd noise in there, which you haven't heard from other sports. Um, you know, we had the U.S. Open just recently. Um, uh, I think tomorrow's the men's final. Um, yeah, I was all into that. And I'm like, Djokovic, I was watching it. And I'm like, oh, God. Yeah. Really? <laughs> Like, yeah, that was pretty bad. But um, you know, I mean, even with with soccer, you know, around the globe, I mean, you know, fo- uh, with baseball, there's no fans. I mean, so it was nice to see some fans in the stands. I mean, seventeen thousand fans, uh, you know, opposed to seventy thousand that would be there. Uh, still not perfect, but we're we're you know, it's getting pretty close. At least some normalcy right there. Yeah. Oh, least. for sure. And and I hope that they continue to do that. And I think more stadiums over the course of the year. Right now, I think it's just Jacksonville and Kansas City. I, 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 I still, I still want one fan from each opposing team just yell at each other from opposite sides of the stadium and having a microphone on them. I think that would be a good that that would yeah, be like a, me on the other know, side, like, like the, with the Eagles, Steelers. Yeah, exactly. You against Baltimore, and the, like you just yelling at the Baltimore fan on the other side, and you have a microphone. I think that would be perfect, actually. Yeah, you know, like, mic'd up. Come see me in the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I thought it, I actually thought it was. See a, me in the parking lot after the game, buddy. <laughs> Where's that bird dog grapefruit? <laughs> uh, no, I mean, I thought it was actually pretty good. I mean, I know a lot of people didn't, you know, it was a little more political than I would have liked. Uh, you know, the fans, I mean, the, the, the both teams went out at to midfield. I, I was. Yeah, I before the game started. And it, there was nothing you know, political about it. Nobody kneeled or anything. And just, just both teams went out at midfield and they all locked hands all the way across. So both yeah. teams not stay, not kneeling, not doing any, just together mm-hmm. saying that we're all NFL players and we're all together here. And the chiefs fans boot them. Yeah. That's, that's, <laughs> you know, they, well, there's something political about it. It was just them all, you know, that, all, all 106 people yeah. in, in a line just no, standing there. No reason to boo right there. Yeah. That, there's no reason to do that but i'm hoping that that and i think that that franny is is right i think over the course of the season you'll see more stadiums with i mean with at least some because i mean with the stadium i mean with the majority of stadiums i could fit 70 to eighty thousand people you you could spread you know fans out enough to the point where they're tech you know socially distanced um you know you, you definitely could i mean seventeen thousand in a stadium of seventy thousand you know, it's fairly easy to do. So, you know, maybe not for the Chargers. Well, they're they're always socially <laughs> distanced, even on a regular basis. But you know, in a smaller stadium, well, like last year, if it wasn't a smaller stadium, then it would be a little more difficult. But playing the new SoFi, well, well yeah. So there, there's not going to be anybody in there anyway. No, actually, yeah, I, I think in LA, I, I, it's a whole. Yeah, they're, they're, it's probably not going to happen in LA this season. But hopefully, maybe towards the later latter part of the season, we'll see. Yeah, and somebody said that earlier. This like, well, they could. I mean, even if they sold, you know, tickets to the. 
to the Rams game, you'd, you'd still be able to accommodate all the Rams fans as well as the Charger fans. Pretty much. If you yeah. wanted to sell the seats because the Charger fans are only going to be about 15,000. Yeah. So you might as well sell yeah. the other 70,000 and, and yeah. let the Chargers fans sneak in. The 70 Chargers fans that there are. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. Well, all right. cheers. That man. was longer than I expected. It was. And uh, football is a lifesaver and it is. And uh, cheers to all of our listeners out there. Let's enjoy this season. Yeah, this shot looks good. It looks good. It's bright green. It's beautiful. <sighs> wow. That actually, it tastes like a it, summer slash... It tastes like lime juice. <laughs> I mean, There's a little bit of lime I, in there. I, I think the, the, the... The carbonation sort of wore off a little bit. Yeah, that, that is true. Um, the, the squirt has that citrusy sort of flavor, um, you know, plus the lime juice that I actually added to it. Uh, plus the simple syrup and triple sec, they sort of, uh, they're a little bit sweet there, but, uh, that was good. It was good. I mean, it could have been better. It was very it, good. I'm going to eat this you know lifesaver right now. I think if we added tahini to the rim, it probably would have been better, Ben. I know how you feel about those, those shots with tahini on them. I actually thought we were getting one this week. I was actually looking yeah, forward I, to I it today when I'm finishing about that. up the agenda. Completely forgot about that. I know I mentioned it last week in the podcast that I would come back this week with a shot with hot sauce and tahini, but I figured this shot, the lifesaver shot, is appropriate oh, for, sure. for this weekend. Next weekend, Ben, remind me again if you have to. <laughs> if I tahin. have to. It's actually just going to be Cholula. It's going to be, uh, just the whole shot will be ch- Cholula with tahini on the rim. How's that? With, with, Perfect. With, with, a little, with a little bit of Patron. No, a little, yeah, huh? Maybe a little more, let, less hot sauce. <laughs> but I almost made you the 90 Day Fiance shot tonight. Uh, it was going to be uh, about 30% Cholula, like 60% our beer, <laughs> and like 10% uh, vodka. That was good because there was somebody drinking that on night. Like they kept, it was uh, essentially Heineken with hot sauce. Ooh. And the hot sauce was maybe 20, 30% of the glass. That's a lot of hot sauce. And I was like, I wonder how that tastes. I'm no. like, I'm going to make that for Friday on Saturday. Not very good. I'm and sure. I thought, okay, well, we'll do our beer with. Like thirty percent hot sauce, but I I knew you wouldn't drink it. Yeah, you know what? I'll take care of the shots on this show, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> Mine would just be hot sauce we, we, and vodka. We, we've seen your concoctions when we when we we're doing the sh- the short remotely. That's true. Uh, you know they were good. I mean, I, I couldn't judge, but because I wasn't actually taking them, but I, the, the, from the pictures that I saw, they didn't actually look like the ones on Tipsy Bartender. That's but where anyway. Sonia gave up the uh, gave up the podcast because <laughs> I was doing the shots, and she's like, "I can't, I can't do this anymore." <laughs> All right, so we're about two hours and twelve yeah. minutes in. Let's move on. What's next up on the big board? Next up on the big board is our beverage of the week, which we're gonna grab in just a moment. All right, hold tight, everybody. All right, and we are back with our beverage of the week, which is the Four Roses Small Batch. And uh, this is a, it's a very well-known bourbon, and it is highly rated, and it is highly rated for a very low price, too. It's only about $30, uh, but it's about 91 points on whatever rating scale they use. But most folks that do drink this Four Roses small batch are very big fans of this bourbon. And what made you think to grab this one for tonight? Uh, you know, I've, I've obviously I mosey 
up and down the aisles of of Total Wine. I mosey, mosey? I mosey up and down the aisles because I'm not entirely sure what I want to get. Last week we had the scotch. You know, a few weeks I before mosey. The, I mosey. That's what I do, Ben. I mosey. Do you have your and, thumbs in your in, the, yeah, in your yeah, jeans? Yeah, yeah. Like doop 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 doop. Do, 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 do you have a cowboy hat on? Is you are you taking uh, like long strides? I don't wear cowboy hats generally, um, but you know. This the Four Roses is something that a lot of folks will be familiar with, and this is something that I've been thinking about, you know, getting for the podcast for quite a few weeks now. But I always come up with something else that I want to get, like that Ard bag, that five. I was like, "Fuck oh, that! What that was we good. We gotta that get this." Just like last week with that uh, the 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 Glenlivet. Uh, I was like, "We have to get this Glenlivet because we've had so many others on the podcast. Let's try this one." And so this week, I was just. Completely unsure on what to buy, what to what what to get for the podcast, and so I figured, you know what, this is the week we get the four roses, and uh, you know, Ben, I know you, you probably haven't had this. I've had it in the I past. Haven't. I've I haven't. had it in the past, and I enjoyed it in the past. And um, you know, I want I want I want you to sip it and see how you feel about it. All right, we have a little bit of information on this beverage. Loud. Oh, yeah. This is from Four Roses. If you've ever wanted proof that mingling mingling bourbon is an art unto itself, you'll find it in this perfectly balanced small batch bourbon. Four original bourbon recipes have been expertly selected by our master distiller at the peak of maturation to create this very mellow and perfectly balanced bourbon. You can enjoy... It straight up on the rocks or simply with a splash of your favorite mixer. It's 90 proof, 45% alcohol by volume. Uh, won a whole bunch of awards. 2020, very good. Strong recommendation. Ultimate Spirits Challenge. Silver medal at the Denver Invitational Spirits Competition. Uh, 2019, gold medal at the Denver International Spirits Competition. Competition gold medal at the Sunset International Spirits Competition. Competition, uh, very good, strong recommendation at the Ultimate Spirits Competition in 2019. Uh, this is a really interesting little mix here. Four different bourbons go into making this. I, oh, oh, are you asking me? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Does it say it so? It says four <laughs> original bourbon recipes have been expertly selected by the master distiller to create this very mellow and perfectly balanced bourbon. Sure. Everybody's <laughs> like, sure. Why not? Whatever. <laughs> I don't even know. Yeah, but I mean, look at the price. About 30 bucks, and it's highly rated. And Ben, you have your glass right over here? I do indeed. Let's give it a sniff. I just want to get some of the tasting notes here. Uh, Breaking Bourbon, another good website for offset seventy five percent corn, twenty percent rye, five percent barley. Okay, let's see the nose: oak, citrus, fruit, a hint of spice, lay atop a bed of caramel. It's light and approachable, but not characteristically unique. Yeah, I mean, you definitely you get a nice bit of sweetness from it. I say that's fair. Yeah, you get a nice bit of sweetness. You get that woodiness to it as well. And the there's, there's, a, I, I'm getting a lot of creaminess as well. There's, there's this creamy, uh, woody, oaky, um, sweetness. And, and it's almost like a sugar. I mean, I sweetness. love the sort of creamy, sweet, 
woodiness of the mm-hmm. of the nose. On the palate, the mouthfeel is nice and creamy. A dimension of flavors offers enough to create interest, and they manage to keep one another in check. While the flavors are a bit timid, oak, summer fruit, cherries, caramel, and rye spices are the most prominent. The you can detect echoes of additional flavors. But they're so delicate, it's hard to say what they are exactly. That's an easy one. Uh, four roses, small batches, easy on the palate. And while the combination of flavors is quite pleasant, the delivery is so delicate, it has usually most folks thirsting for a bit more oomph. But that's an easy way to describe anything. Like, you might taste this, maybe, if you really you think about it. You might taste a little oak in there. <laughs> maybe, if you think about it. But you might also taste a little <laughs> bit of smoke too. No, but it smells good. It smells. It smells delicious. They detect echoes of additional flavors, but, but they're little... so delicate it's hard to say what they are exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's that, that. If 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 I had my own bourbon, that's exactly how I would describe it. Just so you could like imagine what you might taste. But on the finish, the oomph that most folks are looking for in the palate comes out in the finish. Long in duration, the complexity of the sip shines in the finish, giving into the dimension of flavors present in this four-recipe blend. The flavors of oak, summer fruits, and caramel come forward against a backdrop of rye spice and seasoned oak. It's hands down the best part of the experience and invites you back for more. Are you satisfied with with that piece of the... I'm I'm getting like a a sweetness. It's almost like a, a cinnamony sweet candy. That I'm getting from the from the scent from it. I mean, are, are you getting that same sort of cinnamony, sort of spicy sweetness? I mean, I get the spice. I don't know if it's cinnamon. It's sweet and spicy. Oh, actually, there's, there's yeah, like, it does. It like tastes like those. There's like a tinge of some candy. I can't put my finger on it, but tastes like it's those. Almost like a spicy candy. The the cinnamon, like they're like like broomsticks. <laughs> Or something that you can get in the store around this time of year. They're sure. Like, there's like a cin- <laughs> essentially it's a cinnamon scented. It almost looks like a little broomstick that with a. It looks like a a, a branch with a lot of different little, you know, <laughs> like a, it looks like a broom that's made out of cinnamon. I swear it exists. It's it a exists. thing, <laughs> and that's what it reminds me of. I saw it in a dream. It came. I saw to it me. today at the at the market. Somebody bought one. Uh, so I know it exists. I don't know. It's, it's, it, I don't know it has a. It's it's like a cinnamon. That's what it I smells like to me. I can't really put my finger on it though, but I know I've had it before in my, in, in my lifetime. But Ben, it has a lot of flavors that I can't really tell you what they are, but they're <laughs> but in they there. Exist. Cheers, Ben. Let's see how this tastes. Uh, I think it's accurate. It's creamy. It is definitely there is you. You get the cream. It I coats get, your mouth. Get the oaky little bit, but it has a little a bit nice, of fruit. But the finish a nice is freaking spicy nice. finish that you would kind of expect from a rye, like that that sort of that that spicy pinch that you get on this is similar to what you would get from a rye. What's the mash bill on this? It was seventy five corn, twenty rye, five barley. Hmm. Yeah, but even like if if you think about it, there's a little bit of that corny finish. Like huh. it's that, it's that, that that little bit of sweet corn. Like it, it like that um the Balcones uh corn whiskeys that we've had, the baby blue 
and um, what's the other blue called? Uh, I can't remember exactly what it's called, but they're they're the true blue. The true blue. That's what it is. The true blue. It has a little bit of that corniness to it, but a little bit of added spice uh, and a little bit of there's like I don't know if it's a molasses sort of finish as well. I mean, it's it's there's definitely yeah, there's a lot of it's, it's complex. There's a lot of stuff going on there. Yeah, I mean, sixty. I mean, sixty or seventy five percent corn, thirty five rye, five barley. I mean, but I, I the spice is more than I expected for that low a rye content in the mash bill. Mm-hmm. But it is. I mean, it's it's a very. It's really really nice on the finish. So I, I agree mm-hmm. with the. It's the smooth. review in in so far as it ninety proof forty five percent, um, but this is something that I would expect from a more expensive bourbon. You know, this is only thirty dollars. I'd expect this look from at maybe the, a look at the legs on the glass a, a forty fifty dollar even a rye because I mean you get that little bit of extra spice in this bourbon, which is something you don't experience from some of the other bourbons that we've had on the show. So this has a little bit of extra spice, and me and you know me and you Ben are very. Uh, we're we're big fans of having the extra spice on the finish. Oh, it doesn't yeah. have bite. It doesn't have that extra spirity bite. It's just that extra spice, that nice finish on the end that sort of coats your throat, and and just has that right amount of burn on the finish. Yeah, because I look at the bottle. I think four roses. I'm like, yeah, okay, I mean, well, it's it's uh, is this bottle service at the bar? Yeah. Like, because you just because it's because this is the only thing they have. But then you and taste it, and you're like, hmm. In most this is places, pretty good. Yeah. But then you know, actually, you like the more you sip it, the more you taste that that oakiness, that that woodiness, which is nice. It's actually uh, better than I remember it being. I've had, I mean, I I probably had it maybe around the time we first started this podcast. What was the but price? Thirty bucks. Yeah, I mean, this like, might be the the best thirty dollar bourbon, right? I mean, bourbon we've had on the show. Yeah, I mean, I, I still. Prefer that Charles Goodnight. That was around forty dollars. Yeah, yeah. But this could, you know, potentially be. It tastes like something that is around that price range, forty, fifty dollars for something that's this low. That's, Are we that's, close to a tasting bourbon or rye? Probably or scotch. Probably. I haven't really. I mean, there, there's quite a few that we've had, but I'm just waiting for Sonya to make her return to the. Well, podcast. she'll definitely do the taste yeah, test yeah. now. <laughs> She might not be on the show, but yeah, she'll do yeah, the taste but, test. Yeah, I, you know, me and you doing the taste test is not as fun as all three of us doing the taste test, but there's definitely a lot for us to taste. I mean, I, I, I disagree with the review in that I don't know that it's that understated on the palate as much as the finish. I think on the palate, it's more complex, woody, and spicy on the palate than the review gives it credit for. Yeah. I think the finish is amazing, and as you drink it, it doesn't get particularly less spicy. Sometimes you drink, you know, you get a few sips in, and the spice sort of fades away. Yeah, half a bottle in, yeah. Half a bottle in. <laughs> no, but, uh, but with this one, I mean, you get, the flavors are there. You understand what they are, but they're just I mean, so it's enjoyable. I mean, it's well-balanced. A- there's, there's, it doesn't really keep me guessing, like, what else is there. It's all there, but it's so well balance though that you know for thirty dollars is pretty impressive you know to to get to get all of that sort of well because i was really impressed by the charles goodnight and that was one of my favorite favorite bourbons that i've tried on the show and it was a little bit more money whereas this one for the price point 
and all the flavors you're getting. It's good, not really complex, but it's it's definitely enjoyable. It's I mean, like, it's, it's got like a, a level it's, of it's, complexity. It's, it's, it's to just it. a solid. It's just a solid bourbon. This is what you would expect a bourbon to be. Is basically this. I just, I mean, I like the spiciness on the finish. I mean, yeah, that, it stays that, in the back of my throat for a while, mm-hmm. which I, you know, I like. I, use, a lot of I know you like, do like when things stay in the back, back of my throat for a while. Yeah, well. uh, <laughs> you know, I think on the on the tongue, yeah. on the palate, it's it's more complex and spicy than you would expect yeah, at that, that price complex. point. It's not that, I mean, for the price point, but it's not that complex. It's just nice, solid, balanced bourbon. But it's got that creaminess, too, that you like. No, it has it has it has a nice bit of creaminess. It really coats your mouth with that with the creaminess for sure. All right, where would you rate this though, Ben? On our thirst and goal, <sighs> I've been more generous Rating lately than I probably should have been. <laughs> At thirty bucks, I would give this probably a seven. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, see, I would give this an eight. I give it an eight. Ooh. I I do. I mean. Why, why are you surprised? Well, I expected yours to be lower than mine. Regardless no, of what no, mine I, was, I, I expected I, I, yours to be lower. I do give it an A because it is so well balanced all across the board. Um, you know, with the creaminess, the oakiness, the spiciness. Um, you know, it gives you everything you want from a bourbon at a lower price. But it's still not where that 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 Charles Goodnight was. That was that. Yeah, was, we'll I think to, I give that a ten. We'll have to put that one in yeah, the and, in the bourbon taste test with this one. But it, it is very solid, and I see why a lot of people are such huge fans of this four four roses small batch. Yeah, I mean for the price point, mm-hmm. I mean it, you know the the review goes on. Given a chance to take your time with it, you'll discover this bourbon offers a balance of flavors without any single element overpowering the others. It's just not the right amount of oak, just the right amount of spice, just the right amount of caramel, and just the right amount of fruity pep. While subtle, there's enough to hold your attention and invite you back for more. A small batch bourbon with balanced flavor profile might seem as average as they come, but Four Roses' ability to do so consistently and well is what sets this bourbon apart. Yeah, you agree? I, I completely agree with that. I mean, you know, for uh, for anybody out there that you know, if, if you're getting into bourbons and you want something at a low price and you want all the flavors that accompany a bourbon, this is this is the one they go with. And the irony is when we started this podcast way back in November of 2018, you couldn't get me near a bourbon or a scotch or a rye. But now I love each and every yeah. one of them. Although and you I, love it, you love the Isla Scotch. I love the Isla. Yeah. Well, I'm extreme. So whatever whatever it is that we're doing, I'm going to take it to whatever the ex- most extreme yeah. is. And the extreme is the most, you know, spicy rye, the most peaty, yeah, smoky and th- scotch. This one, it's not extreme in any direction. It's just well balanced all around. So you're going to go with an eight, mm-hmm. and I am going to go with a seven. All right. All right, Franny, what's next up on the big board? Next up on the big board, Ben, is our beer of the week, which is a domestic beer, and I hope I find that crispness that I've been searching for well, for but, my entire life. Well, I, it, it appears that you are always looking for it. I am. A little bit <laughs> more crispness. And it's every episode. I literally had to go only back five or six episodes to get that clip 
to put on as one of the uh, sound effects. It was somewhere fast. Like we're, we're, I would like a little more Christmas. Yeah, eighty nine episodes in, and I would say about fifty of those episodes, I was searching for the Christmas. Wait, what? what why that? Yeah, that's not. That's not. That's not what you want. <laughs> we're, it's not a scotch this week, Ben. No. Uh, <laughs> all right, so we'll be right back with our beer of the week. All right, and we are back with our beer of the week. We just grabbed it from the cooler, and it is the Hops of Wrath from Dust Bowl Brewing Company, a 6.6 alcohol by volume. Oh, it's up there. Not crazy high. Yeah, this is the Dust Bowl Brewing Company from down in beautiful, or up in beautiful Turlock, California. It's the Turlock Brewery and Tap Room. In Turlock, California, up in Central California, the Tate family loaded their Model A and left Oklahoma for a journey that would prove fruitful for generations to come. The Great Depression, coupled with life in the Dust Bowl corridor, had nearly dried up everything the Tate family had, except, of course, their thirst for success and love for each other, determined to thrive. Grandpa Tate became a real-life hobo, riding the rails in <laughs> pursuit of work and a few dollars to feed his family. Ultimately, the Tates survived and settled in California, where they raised their children to appreciate hard work, love for family, a hearty sense of humor, and craving for new frontiers. Fast-forwarding to 2006 in Turlock, California, a small community located in the agriculturally rich Central Valley and home to Brett Tate, a third-generation Tate family member, a retired high school teacher and coach of 20 years. Brett was cultivating a passion for brewing and searching for a way to make his dream a reality. His good fortune came in the way of the morning paper, which seemed to deliver just the news he needed. Tucked behind sports and the weather was an article featuring a young brewer named Don Oliver, winner of the 2006 Sam Adams Longshot Homebrew Competition. Not only was Don an experienced homebrewer, but he shared Brett's desire to start a brewery. Pioneers in their own right, Brett and Don came together, determined to craft some of the finest brews ever to emerge from Central California, and they launched this brewery in May of 2009. Uh, tonight, we are going to taste the Dust Bowl beautiful, beautiful Hops of Wrath IPA, which is their flagship IPA using a variety of hops to create layers of hop flavor and aroma. Citrus and floral notes are up front in an assertive Yet not overpowering bitterness balances the malt base. An easy drinking IPA for hop heads everywhere. Uh, as Franny mentioned, the alcohol was about 6.7. IBU is 50. The availability is year-round. It comes in a bottle and a can as well as on draft. Mm-hmm. Franny, what say you about my long introduction? Yeah, no, I mean, it, it's good to know Golden Tate's... <laughs> Origin story right there. <laughs> Golden Tate from Northern California I know, now playing like, for the New York I Giants. Feel like, I feel like we're doing promos, but we're not getting paid for it. Yeah, them. I know. I know. 
But uh, I mean, just yeah, you get the hop though. I mean, it's, it smells very nice, very hoppy, but not overly hoppy though. Like that one beer that we had from the Alvarado Street Brewing Company that we loved the flavor, the, the scent of, but the flavor was completely different from what it actually smelled like. Uh, but this one has a nice hoppiness to it, not overly hoppy. Um, like that one. I, I, but if you look at the pictures from the website, it looks like our remote. Uh, it, it looks like much, remote it picture looks, taking. It does look like it. I mean, it looks it looks like some random person just taking pictures of the can before they you know put it out and 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 you know distribute it. So I mean that that's that, I, I like the pictures. I mean they have a they have a really nice uh really nice nice website. Nice website. Nice website. That's very nice. And our daughter, you know, my mine and uh, Asanya's daughter, my stepdaughter, actually un you know knew this brewery. Yeah, uh, when we no, talked yeah. to her earlier tonight, so this this must be well known at least up in the central part of California, where yeah, she was shocked that we actually yeah. found something from uh, from Dust Bowl um, Brewing Company, and I I didn't I've never heard of Dust Bowl Brewing Company. I've I've never heard it before. I just saw it on the shelf at Total Wine, and I saw the description of the beer, and it was hoppy, it was sour, it was piney. And that's kind of what me and Ben want to create with our, uh, eventually with our first round um, beer, our very own beer. Recently, we brewed our American Cream Ale. We also had our Hefeweizen. We also had our IPA. But those are all um uh you know packs that we sort of buy from 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 northern brewers so i mean all, all the ingredients are already there but we want to create something of our own so we're trying to learn so i'm i'm guessing this without even trying it just yet is something that we want to sort of create so let's give it a taste ben let's see how it how, yeah what do you think about the nose it's hoppy yeah and it was funny because uh lauren or my daughter sonia's daughter essentially said well how did you find it yeah, and front A said I moseyed. I just mosey up and down the aisle until was, I find. I pulled it off the shelf. The beer that I like, there. that I want to taste tonight. It was ripe for the picking. Oh, the nose is hoppy. It's, it's not. I mean, it's it's just a nice, refreshing, hoppy. It's clean too. Yeah. I wonder if it's got enough. And the color. I mean, like the color is clear gold. It's it's a very nice, beautiful color. I just wonder if you're going to say. I would want a little bit more Christmas. Let's see. Let's see what I say, Ben. Cheers to you. Cheers. Oh, you're definitely going to say it. It's a little dry. <laughs> no, it's, it's just slightly dry on the finish, but it's a dryness with the hoppy sort of finish. A little bit of sour, a slight bit of pine. You get a little bit of pine from it. There's a little bit of pine. I, I would a just bit of want hop. maybe just a slight bit of crispiness to it. Just a little bit more would make it perfect. It would be perfect. Just that that dryness a on the bit more <laughs> crispness. That slight bit of dryness that you get from it right on the end. That's not something I'm a fan of. Fan of more Christmas. What do you think, Ben? How do you feel about spear? A little bit <laughs> more Christmas. <laughs> Dick. <laughs> <laughs> it's got enough Christmas for me. 
No, has 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 that? But, no. uh, don't tell me you don't want more in this because I know you do because I've tasted all the beers <laughs> with you. This is an IPA, and you expected it. You you knew in your heart of hearts when you bought this that you were going to get the Christmas right. But you expected just, it. Don't that, lie and say you didn't that expect it. Hint of dryness in it too. And I'm I'm not a huge fan of dry beers. Uh, and this one's not dry. Don't get me dry wrong. Dry, it's not dry. But I wish it was just slightly more wet on the finish. You, you, oh yeah, like, you didn't live through the bud dry, bud ice phase. No, you were too no. young for that. I mean, personally, I think it's got a. It has crispness. Oh, it no. has freshness. It lacks flavor. It, it is lacking some flavor, but you get you get some nice hops though. You get there, there's a, a hoppiness. But I think it's just maybe a little too dry on the finish. It has that slight bit of dryness. It just it lacks a little bit of thickness, a little bit of flavor. Yeah, and it, for something that was highly rated, I, w- I was expecting maybe a little bit more pine in it. There's not that much pine, a little bit of sourness. Although I could drink this all. I mean, I could no, drink it all night, even at 6.7%. Yeah. No, no, it's, 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 it's a solid beer. Don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm not getting the, pine, the pininess on the flavor, though. There's a little bit, if you if if you really focus on it. Hemlock. <laughs> it's there, yeah. I, I personally, I like it. It mm-hmm. just lacks the robustness of a of an IPA. But it also said it was supposed to be a more <clears throat> easy to drink IPA. Mm-hmm. So you'll get which it is definitely. So I mean, it it it's it's everything it set out to be. But I was just hoping for a little bit more. I would want a little bit more Christmas. Oh man, that's that's gonna get old very <laughs> you, quick. It's not gonna get old for me at all. But where would you rate this, Ben, on our Thurston Gold rating of beers? I'd probably give this a seven as well. I never said anything. <laughs> well, a seven. I also gave the bourbon a seven. Oh, okay. I thought you meant like my rating. It, I think it's... Now I can't give it a seven because I you said a seven as well. I can't say a seven. I think it's... It, it, for I mean, it, it didn't claim to have a lot of hoppiness, a lot of, uh, you know, robust flavors. It was more of an easy drinking IPA. So I think for what it is, a little bit of pininess, a little bit of hoppiness, but it, it's crisp enough for me. It has a, enough of that you know, bite at the end. I mean, I wouldn't put it in the eight, nine, ten range, but I'd give it a seven. Yeah, and and you know what? I would rate it about the same. It's an enjoyable beer. Doesn't have the crispness that I've been searching for my entire life, but it has a nice bit of hoppiness, a little bit of sourness on the finish. I do enjoy a little bit of sourness on a beer, um, but I also expect that a little bit more of that pine, and it's kind of lacking in that area. And uh, that just that little bit of dryness. Also, I, I want something that has a little more pop on the end. It doesn't have that. So I'd say a seven. All right. So what, <laughs> what would you, uh, I'd have to go back and, and look at all the episodes, but is there a beer that you can remember that had the crispness that you so desperately seek? Oh, I remember that. I, I, I Sir really, Edmund Hillary of Christmas. I really remember <laughs> uh, that that El Segundo. Um, oh my that, god, that, that was first, that was a long time ago. That first El Segundo uh, IPA. I can't remember exactly because we we've had a couple of El Segundos on the show, but that first El Segundo. I think it was a Citra something. 
Uh, that one was that one was very good. That was that was a good one. So this one doesn't have enough. Yeah, just it, but it's right. It, it's it's, it's right close. There. It's definitely close. All right, Friday. Uh, what's next up on the big board? Next up on the big board, Ben, is our thirst and goal betting corner, Ben. It's finally making return your your betting corner. Well, it's our betting corner. Your betting corner, Ben. I just have my my parlay. All right. Hold tight, everybody. We'll be right back with our first betting corner of the year. So hold tight. All right, and we are back with Ben's betting corner. Ben, take it away. Well, it's going to be my betting corner, but also Franny has a fantastic five or sexy six this parlay. Week, this week, a fantastic five. All right, but first week of the year, I already hit, or we already hit on our teaser for the Chiefs versus Houston. Uh, people, take the teasers. Use the teasers to your advantage. This week, we pushed down the over down to 48. We pushed up the points on Houston to 15 and a half, and we hit on that. Uh, first up, Miami Dolphins at Patriots. Patriots are getting or giving away seven points. What say you, Franny? It's your corner, Ben. All right. In this game, I'm staying away. The over under in this game is 41.5. I'm still I'm staying away from this game. It could go either way. If I had to be pushed in one direction or the other, I would take the Patriots, but I'm staying away from that one. Cleveland Browns at Baltimore Ravens. The Ravens are only favored by seven with the over under at 47. Any opinion, Franny? Hmm, I'd say under 47. Yeah, I think, I think Franny is correct on that. I would take the under on 47, but I would take the Ravens definitely take the Ravens here. I think they're going to win by more than seven quite easily in that game. Uh, next up, we have the Jets at the Bills. The Bills are giving away 6.5 points with the over-under at 39. What say you, Franny? I'd say under 39. Ooh, in this one. I'm going to take the over in that game. I think it's going to be about 42 points in this game. Uh, on the line for the points, I am not touching that one. Uh, I think it could be closer than a lot of people expect. I don't think the Bills are going to cover that spread. Next up, the Las Vegas Raiders at the Panthers. The Raiders are getting or giving away three points, and the over-under is 48. Franny, what say you? Ah, man, yeah. I just I don't know what to expect from the Panthers this year, but I would say, I would say under 48. Okay, Franny loves <laughs> the point line. I'm going to take the under on the 48. I agree with Friday, but I'm also going to take the Panthers. I think the Panthers are going to win this game outright on the money line. It's plus 132. I would take the Panthers to win outright in this game. Next up, Seattle Seahawks at Atlanta Falcons. The Falcons. Oh, look at how close that game is. The Seattle Seahawks only giving away one point on the row with the over under at 49. That is essentially making Atlanta the favorite. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What do you think about that one? Ah, uh, man, that's also a tough one right there. I, I, that, that's a really close game as it is right here in the betting line, but 
under 49. That's as close to a, it's like <laughs> under 49, <laughs> under 38, <laughs> under 87, under 62, <laughs> under 38, under 95. I mean, I mean, I expect the games to be very sloppy this weekend. There, there was no preseason. These guys are really hitting the field for the first time. Um, so I, I would expect a lot of unders this week. Yeah, I agree. Uh, but I'm going to take the Seahawks outright on the money line at minus 119 in that game. Uh, the points, if I was going to lean one way or the other, I would agree with Frane. I would take the under. Next up, Frane's game. The Philadelphia Eagles at the Red... Uh, Sorry, the Washington <laughs> football team. The Eagles are giving away five points on the road with an over-under at 42. I would say over. Over 42. Well, I think Now that, he's going to take the over. Okay. I, I, I just well, think, the Eagles are involved. Of course, I, they can score points. I think they're going to come out, try to score a lot of points, try to show off their new weapons. Um, And, and you know, I think their defense is going to be lacking this season. So I think Washington's also going to score quite a few points against the Eagles, at least. Okay. In this game, I think this is a no-brainer. Uh, the Eagles on the money line at minus one two two two. I would take them to win outright. You don't need the points there, and I would take the over as well because I think they're probably going to score about forty eight points in this game. Next up, the Bears at the Lions. The Bears are getting two and a half points with the over under at forty two. Under. <laughs> under 42, under 64, I, 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 under 58, under 37. I mean, the Bears don't have, have a really, they don't have they don't have a potent offense. I mean, they have Trubisky as their quarterback. I don't think true. they're going to score a ton of points in this one. And uh, as far as Detroit, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll I, I, I see this being maybe, uh, actually, you know what? Uh, think about it. No, still under 42. All right, under 42. Yeah, I'm going to take the Lions in this game. Uh, with the points at minus one thirteen, I'm gonna take the Lions to win this game. I think it's gonna be twenty one seventeen. Ooh, that's a nice score. And I'm also gonna take the over in this game because I think there's gonna be more points scored than people expect. Next up, the Colts at the Jaguars. The Indianapolis Colts are giving away eight points on the road with the over under at forty five point five. Yeah, I'm not touching this one. Yeah, and me neither. Under. Moving on. <laughs> under. Uh, next up, the Green Bay Packers at the Over. Vikings. The Minnesota Vikings are favored by two points, two point five points on the road, with a forty four point five on the point spread or on the mm -hmm. the uh, over under the, the over under. Yeah, so I mean, I, I would say uh, this would be a, a higher scoring game. I think both quarterbacks are able to throw with points. Your you beloved know, Kirk, Vikings, motherfucking cousins in there, and Aaron Rodgers. You know, I, I could see this being, even though they both have decent defenses, I still think they could throw up some points. I think it, you know, it's, it's going to be like a, 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 a 28 24 affair. All right. I agree with Franny. I would take the over in this one. And notwithstanding what he said about two hours ago on this podcast, the Vikings are favored in this game by two and a half points. I would take the Vikings not on the money line, I would take it on the point line at minus 108. Things change rapidly, Ben, in yes, this league. Apparently. Even my apparently. even my opinion. Oh, next up, your LA Chargers at the Cincinnati Bengals. The Bengals are getting three points on the road with the over-under at 41.5. You have to think about that one because that's a little that's a low under. 
Over under. It, it, it is. It is. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to touch this one either. I, I, don't, I don't know what to expect from either one of these teams. I'm taking the Bengals straight up, not even on the money line. Or I'm taking them on the money line, not with the points. I think the Bengals are going to win this game outright. I'm also taking the over on the points. I think it's going to be about 44 points scored in this game. All right. Next up, Cardinals at the Niners. The San Francisco 49ers are giving away 6.5 points on the row or at home with the over under at 48. Taking the under? I'm going to take the over in this one. I, I think oh, you take the over in I, this I, one. I, I think the Niners could easily score 35 points in this game alone. I think it's going to be a blowout. I, I, I do think that the Niners will win this game easily. That Arizona, you know, the, the Cardinals will score. It'll 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 push it over 48, but it's gonna, it's not going to be close. Yeah, I guess I'm going to come up with a new... So I'm going to have a lock of the week and a moneymaker of the week. I'd say 35-14 Niners. Ooh, that's a... That's... that's Okay. That's a little... That's out there, but I will agree okay. with... I will agree with it. 35-20. Uh, I'm going to take... This is my moneymaker of the week. Take the Arizona Cardinals on the money line plus 251 to win this game outright. Wow. And on the over-under... I could go either way, but if I was going to bet, I would tell uh, everyone to agree with Frane. This game could be in the 50s easily. Uh, next up, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the New Orleans Saints. The Saints are giving away three and a half points at home with the over-under at 47.5. I'd say over. <laughs> now he's back. To- <laughs> it's like under, under, <laughs> under, over, over. They could both put up points. They both have... Good offenses that could definitely score touchdowns. Okay, this is not my money maker of the week, no. but I would take no. the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on a money line. Unpredictable. Plus, Tampa Bay's unpredictable. We don't know what to expect from this from them. But this that's year. how you make the money early yeah. on yeah. when no one knows what to expect. Take Tampa Bay on the money line at plus one fifty eight. Also take the over on this game. If I were going to bet it, I would take a teaser Tampa Bay on the points as well as. Uh, the over under as well, but that's a you know a bet that you're not going to win as much money on. Next up, Dallas Cowboys at the L.A. Rams. The Dallas Cowboys are giving away two points on the road at the Rams with the over under at fifty one and a half. Ah, uh, you know I'd say under. I'm taking the under in this one. Oh, now he's over, <laughs> over, 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 under, under, under. Okay. Yeah. I see how it is. Yeah. I am taking the Rams on a money line at plus 117. Uh, two points, you know, is is not a big enough advantage to, to push it down to, one, uh, to, to minus 108. I'm going to take the Rams on the money line at minus or plus 117. And on the over-under, I'm going to take the under 51. Oh, see? Why are you making fun of me? I said under. Well, because you're like over everything, or everything's going to go under everything, and then you're like over, over, yeah, over. Of course, that's how it goes. That's how it goes. Uh, f- oh, Monday night, Pittsburgh Steelers. It's a lock at the New York <laughs> Giants is locked out. There are no lines on this game for some reason. There must be injuries at stake. Uh, next up, Titans at Broncos. I can't believe. It. Well, let me just tell you, whatever the line is on the Steelers money line, there, take it. Do you disagree? Sure. I mean, would you take the Steelers to win outright in that game? <laughs> I, well, I would. I, would def- I definitely would take the Steelers to win that game. As far as over-under, I'm not sure because there's no over-under in this one, but I would expect it to be over 42 at least. Oh, Ben Roethlisberger is back. 
Uh, next up, our last Tennessee Titans at the Denver Broncos. The Titans are giving away three points on the road with the over-under at only 41. Mm, yeah, I would take over 41 with Tennessee winning outright. Ooh, I'm going to take the Broncos on the money line to win at plus 137. And I agree with Franny. I'm going to take the over in this one. I think it's going to go to about 48. All right. All right. The first betting corner of this year, Frane. My parlay. As something we've done in years past, uh, whether we were on the podcast or not, Frane puts together a high reward, low risk <laughs> bet every single week. It's either a fantastic five. Yeah. And, and early on last fantastic. season, actually, fantastic. I actually uh, did hit early on in the season. Later on in the season, not so much, but early on, I did hit. I think like four out of five weeks. And uh, this week, my fantastic five parlay is the Bills. Ooh. And it's just winning. Yeah, this <laughs> not, is on not the money under, line. This not, is all, not, it's not a money line parlay, folks. Not over under. Uh, so I got the Bills, the Eagles, the Ravens, the Niners, and the Steelers, Ben. Ooh. So you choose That's the Bills, nice Eagles, one. Ravens, Niners, Steelers, all as winners. And what's the no payout on that one? I'm not sure. I haven't put it in just yet, but I will. All right. So, folks, that is Frane's fantastic five. So he'll either have a fantastic five. Fantastic. Every single week, or he'll have a sexy six. Mm. <laughs> and you'll get that every Single week, yeah, and Ben. Every single week, you actually put in for uh, what a 15, 16 game. So I mean, you you you. Put oh yeah, in I got to say, a fifteen game you know, parlay. Why going. not? I mean, I you know, low low risk, high reward. If you hit it, you make what a few thousand dollars. If you don't, you lose like five bucks. So why not just put in for one of those crazy bets? You just never know if you might hit it. Yeah, I think mine. I think my parlay this week is five dollars to win eighty one hundred and eight dollars. Yeah. Yeah, why not? But you also chose the Bengals to win, so you automatically forfeit that bet, Ben. A little bit <laughs> more Christmas. Yeah, I'm a little bit offended by that uh, because when you when the Bengals win tomorrow, and I'm texting you, you're gonna be like, oh, you know, maybe he knows more than he thought. That you're wrong. Yeah, I'm definitely wrong. <laughs> uh, yeah, I had a, a few other. Uh, Bets that I put in, but you know we can live without going through those. Mm-hmm. Uh, Friday, what's next up on the big board? Uh, next up on the big board, Ben, we have our housekeeping to finish up the night. Ah, the most sad. We're three hours in. So hurry up. Oh, two. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna do this in less than thirty seconds. A show about football, fun, friends, whiskey, and beer reviews. That is what we are. Please head to our website at thirstygold.buzzsprout.com. From there, you can subscribe to listen to all of our past episodes. You can check out our show notes and get links to all the stories that we cover, all of the booze and the browns and the beers that we review. You get links to all the podcatchers in the universe and download and leave a review. Please, please, please leave us a review. How many stars, Franny? Five stars, Ben. Five star review. Please, please, please. That would truly help us out. You can email us at podcastthirstygoal at gmail.com. You can call us and tell us how we're doing at the phone number that is listed in the show notes. You can follow us on Franny's amazing Instagram account Not at really. Thirstand. Not that great. And on my mediocre Twitter account at Gold Thirst. And check out all the photos of the beers, the browns, the shots, the beer tastings, the brown tastings, the cognac tastings, 
all of the things that we do, as well as the brewing of our three beers that we have brewed on the show. You can get videos and pictures of all of that. Fronic, what say you about finishing up the show for week one in the <laughs> NFL? Now, thank you so very much, everybody, for listening and uh, all NFL football fans rejoice because the season is back and get up early tomorrow folks and watch your favorite team and we'll see you next week